this pleases me. Oh, yeah. This pleases me. This. Smart Home Technology. Technology. Alexa, please turn the heating up. I'm very cold. After that, please play. Digger Digger. Oh no, 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 no. I do not want this. Alexa, stop. Smartphones. Stupid people. Smart homes. Smart homes, stupid people. Smart homes, stupid people. Smart homes. Stupid people. Smart homes. Smart homes, stupid people. Now? Now it's coming. Thank you, Falminator, for <laughs> making us worry that I was talking into the void. <laughs> for a couple of minutes. This is always nice to have feedback from the audience because yep. uh, we're talking like idiots now into uh, dead air. So we just turned on the microphones. Maddie, why don't you kick it off again? Yes, of course. I she can had such it. a nice intro, you guys. Yeah, I don't that. know if I can repeat it, but I'll try. So yeah, welcome to another episode of Smart Home Stupid People. My name is Madeleine Siege, and this is Eris Felmuth. <laughs> That is me. I just said we were visiting some friends and that's why we came in a little bit late because we, we kind of uh, came into a traffic jam. and But we're here and we will have that show today, which will be about animalistic leadership. And the, uh, the question, what can we learn from nature in terms of leadership, in terms of project management? And I was I was doing that episode in my own podcast yesterday as a live stream. So I thought it would be nice to to do it again today in Smart Home Stupid People because there are some, some things we can learn from nature, from different animals about project management, leadership. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to share that with you today. Also, always remembering and reminding, keep in mind that um, the, the main question we have with this pod and video cast is could it be that the more accommodating our environment becomes that the more we lose the ability to take care of ourselves yeah, and so we will talk about this today. I will start with, well, how I came up with this topic was I was really busy with my book lately, as you guys might have noticed. <laughs> and so it's it's done now, it's finished. But on the way, I learned a lot about, yeah, these long-term projects. It took me two years to finish that one. The first book was, I think, also the same kind of amount of time. And before that, I was working seven years on my PhD thesis and I was asked a lot how how can you manage these kind of long term projects? What is the key of you know just just keeping it up and and not not stopping in between and to really how to to have an overview of all of this? And so today I want to kind of give a, some tips that I learned specifically from nature to keep going and to get shit done to mm. say it like that. So yeah, do you uh, have anything to say at all? I'm, I'm <laughs> still uh, setting oh, you, stuff you up. Still, okay, so, good. Uh, why, don't, why don't you tell us about uh, you know the you know you can you can just kick things off and tell yeah. us about the you know workings and uh, and the animals that we will be using today as yes. um, baselines. Yeah. So lately, I was you know walking into the forest and then I came across like a huge huge ant hill, 
And I was wondering about these creatures, you know, they are amazing. They carry stuff that is heavy 40 times their own body size and they can just move shit around <laughs> without without breaking under that heaviness. So, And then I was wondering, the first thing that came into my mind was, yeah, we are really able to to accomplish a lot more than we think we are capable of. So the first point is really, you can do way more than you think. I mean, writing a book or a PhD or dissertation at first might sound a little bit intimidating. It's like, wow, it's a lot of work. I don't know if I can do this. Well, you have to try, you know, how you don't know until you try. And this is how I always liked it. These, um, how you say that, these Herausforderungen, um, What is that? <laughs> sorry, one sec. Uh, sorry, I'm... Herausforderung in uh, English. Uh, like a challenge or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> These challenges to really see how much you can, you can, you can accomplish. And it's not about the, the whole goal. It's not about achieving something, but it's more about the process, how to figure things out. I always like that. And that's always, yeah, it's just part of nature to evolve and to really explore and see how things want to develop itself and to just really be part of the whole process. That's what I like. So yeah, today we will look at ants and also their leadership abilities. Mm -hmm. I will give you more insights from what I've learned in project management. I already said the first thing is you can do way more than you might think you can <laughs> do. So there is an infinite potential to accomplish things. And then we will also look at wolves, how they work as a as a pack what what is their yeah not secret but how does it work with their social systems as well as rabbits and yeah what's the difference between the uh, social systems he asked me Eris asked me what's the difference between the social systems we will look at this later i think well i will want to start with the okay. five things that i learned really from ants <laughs> and not only from ants but also an other animals mm. also rabbits i mean look at them they're like you know up to two kilos something and they are able to dig these huge borrow systems a couple meters long and wide and deep mm -hmm. And you would think like, wow, how these little furry things can do this. So there's a lot out there where I always, I'm like, wow, you know, they, they accomplish so much right. without questioning their abilities in order to do so. And so that's the first thing. The second thing is when you really want to do a huge and long project is that, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm giving it off here, the first thing and the second. I, I, I should have had my list somewhere, but I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, You seem to... a little bit disheveled. Uh, <laughs> what I'm going to do, actually, oh, okay. is because we're going to start with ants, as you yeah. had just previously mentioned. And before we do that, I just want to say hello to everybody. Hello <laughs> out there. Now I'm sitting down a bit more relaxed. And uh, we are just going to go through a couple little simple things mm -hmm. as... You know, like where to find us and what we're up to. Oh, yeah. Okay. So as you previously mentioned, the main topic of the show is, could it be that the more accommodating our environment becomes, the more we lose the ability to take care of ourselves? Mm -hmm. That's our, our, our main focus point. And which I already said. Which you have said. Thank I'm, I'm, I'm re-emphasizing <laughs> it because I can't remember if you said that with the, or without the volume. <laughs> I said it twice. So I okay, said good. it again. Um, we are live on Rockfin, Rumble, Twitch, DLive, and Telegram. In Podbean, we are live in audio format only. Mm. So for you guys out there who are driving and just want to listen to us live, 
Podbean's actually a really good mm -hmm. opportunity. And uh, later on, Podbean will aggregate this video cast into podcast form and put it over onto all major podcast um, platforms. Mm. Apple, Spotify, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. So that being said, let's jump into today's topic, animalistic leadership. Now, mm -hmm. it's interesting. And as you previously mentioned, one of the big reasons why we wanted to look at this is, you know, as we just, as we just uh, mentioned, could it be that the more accommodating our environment is the more we lose the ability to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Well, what does that mean for the ability to manage undertaking, mm -hmm. right? In order to build something collectively, in yeah. order to build something for ourselves, for our immediate environment to, to, to survive yeah. Yeah, or yeah. so on, you know? Yeah. And how does re how does nature do it? How does reality do it? Because mm -hmm. I'm of the impression that more and more as we become detached from reality, mm -hmm the more we start to build things that are not realistic mm -hmm. and the way mm -hmm. that we approach building it becomes even more so non-realistic. Kind of mm -hmm. like that movie Idiocracy, if you guys have seen that. Mm -hmm. You know, like 500 years into the future, everyone's so stupid that like <laughs> every everything that you can see is just a relic from the past of something that used to work. You know, <laughs> you got highways that just kind of end and people are driving off. You have roller coasters with uh, with with the loop-de-loop and then into nowhere. <laughs> uh, you have the malls that are that like... movie again. <laughs> exactly, right? So yeah. the fact that uh, as we lose the ability to take care of ourselves, the... Uh, the dumb people tend to be the ones that survive well in this world. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's a really, I think it's a very important thing to look at. Because yeah. when you look in the world of reality, the world of nature, that's not what's happening. Mm. You know, they have very um, in-tuned ways of approaching, uh, you know, moving, mm -hmm. going from one home to the next, you know, yeah. uh, searching for their environment, knowing yeah. when it's time to move, yeah. knowing when it's time to fight. Uh, you know, knowing when it's time to die. Mm -hmm. I think that is um, something that we people, we humans do very differently. Mm. You know, we we fear death and uh, it's not that animals don't fear death either, but um, we, we try to alter our environment so dramatically in the avoidance of death that it kills us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it becomes, it becomes something that eventually is is self-fulfilling is, is prophecy. Self prophecy to our own demise. Mm -hmm. So for this, I have prepared a couple really cool things. Now Maddie said that she walked into the forest, and she came across an anthill. I got to show you guys out there in the non-German world. Now we all know we we've we've heard this many times that the Germans. They, they they build things bigger, faster, better, stronger, you That's know, so. such as Daft Punk used to tell us. Oh, okay. And um, <laughs> the, the Germans, they don't just build things bigger, faster, better, stronger. They build things, you know, immensely robust in the past. Mm. I say in the past because things have changed. Mm. But they're known for this, right? Mm -hmm. they, they, they're okay. known for being the little country that created the war machine that took on the world within a within a decade, right? That's, that's what Germany is traditionally known for in the West. Mm. And um, it's not just the people. <laughs> this is this is something really cool. So let's let's move on over to the studio. Okay. Look at that. We're in the studio now. <laughs> oh, look, I, I fucked up the thing. Hold You've, on a sec. Oh, NDI. Okay. Um, I know I'm using NDI in order to broadcast from this computer to that, to you guys out there. And uh, it should just pop up in a second. Let's see. Um, so the ants over here, they're not just, um, how can I say? They're super ants. They're super ants. They're, they're, <laughs> they're really big and they build things really 
big. So I've a, never seen something like that, to be honest. I, so you sure that's Germany? No, oh, yeah, it looks like a, the forest is very much Brandenburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I have. Like, I mean, the ones yeah. that... This one is a... Um, that's a... This is an anthill. And you guys can see in the picture, there's, there's a, a guy hand. behind the anthill with his <laughs> arms up. Right? So it must be like 180 or something. That thing's like... Yeah, it's like... Uh, that thing's like five and a half, six foot tall. I would I would imagine. And I've seen, personally, anthills here that are like four foot, like a, mm -hmm. a meter yeah, and a half. Yeah, they can be really huge. You know, and yeah. the, here here beside it is more... It is another one. This is where it's kind of like built into the bush. So the, mm -hmm. the ants have kind of like taken over the bush. Mm -hmm. uh, that looks like a like a, a, say that a berry bush, like a pombeer or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah, well... Um, but on the left-hand side, I've seen tons of these. And what's cool, you can see down here, these are little vent shafts that they build. Mm -hmm. And what they do is, is I'll let the biologist explain this better, but what they do is, is that when it gets hot out, like mm -hmm. when we get those uh, those, those scorching days of 30 mm -hmm. you know, degrees Celsius mm -hmm. and all that, which you know, we don't get a lot of them, but when it does happen, mm -hmm. uh, they start create, they start boring holes all over their, yeah, yeah. their hive and, 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 and changing the way that the air circulation um, works. And then in order to survive in the winter, mm -hmm. they lock it all up and, and inside in the middle of that, um, they'll still have 20 degrees Celsius when outside is like, um, um, you know, closer to null. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, they're really, really cool engineers. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not some, such an expert in insects and uh, ants, but I, I know a little bit about it. <laughs> you know quite a bit about it. She always says that she says she knows a little bit and then she, she gets talking <laughs> and it's like, all right. Where does that come from, right? Yeah, really. So, yeah, maybe to jump in in here. So the second thing that I learned from, from these little creatures is that, you know, first of all, you are able to accomplish a way a lot more than you would think of. Mm -hmm. As I said, you know, ants are capable of carrying 40 times their own body weight and also if they're not able to do it themselves they, they call for friends you know they call <laughs> for help and that's the second thing in, if you have a huge project that you can't do yourself wait don't be ashamed <laughs> and ask for help that's good advice and yeah exactly I mean with my book, you know, there were a lot of people involved. Like I had my editors, I had, I have the people from the publishing um, agency mm -hmm. and friends who helped me read through this or just my interview partner, which were part of the whole book. And yeah, a good team is, you know, the best that you can have. And with ants, there were a nice study that I was looking into it. And it said it's not really a, so much about the numbers of the ants that help carrying a lot it's also about how how they interact with each other and there's like one or two leading ants they are you know showing like you know guys mm -hmm. let's move that stuff over here what we this call is, what we, yeah the project manager so to say yeah the project well that kind of, is kind of like the, the the moving you know the moving uh it's still a project uh, manager like i would say manager yeah exactly <laughs> and the coordinator yeah and they and that ant says to the others you know it's kind of like maybe they find like a piece of bread and so the ant is kind of pulling on that piece of bread, showing the other guys, no, let's move it that way. And so they all participate. They all carry that piece of bread. And they they are really know, they know how, how heavy it is and what kind of forces are working on them. So they move that thing around that they find actually the most perfect way to carry it. Mm -hmm. And then they all go into the same direction. You know, this this is the most efficient way to hmm. have a teamwork. It doesn't really help you if you have a lot of people and they all want something else and diff something different. Right. I compared it actually in my podcast when we, for example, we both move stuff, you know, like a table or something. <laughs> you are always like showing me, you know, Madeline, you have to take it like this. And then we go there. 
and you have the mover like that and if i'm not listening i'm just doing whatever i think i i should do you know it's like i'm just carrying it and just moving it somewhere and i can feel that we sometimes pull in different directions and mm -hmm. it's just it's it's not not the good teamwork how it should be right and so it's important that someone knows what to do is is experienced and shows the others where to put it and that's exactly yep. how ants do it and i'll maybe on that spot i can also talk about the other pub, uh, other paper i found about the leadership in ants sure so there are some ant species who are having their nests in like little tiny cavities mm -hmm. like in between twigs and stuff and there are very unstable nest sites because they get they get destructed a lot from other you know just from weather and right. so these kind of ants they have to move a lot they have to find new colony sites and they have a behavior so-called tandem running where you have a leader ant and you have a follower ant mm -hmm. so the leader ant is showing the follower ant where to go where they have the new nest site mm -hmm. so the leader ant might just look for you know well oh, this is a good place there we should go now we have to move all Mm -hmm. And so the 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 challenge is to move the whole colony from one side to the other without losing a, a single <laughs> a single end. It's like waking up. What's what's going on? Where are all my where's Freddy? Well, my friends, where's <laughs> Freddy? Right. Yeah. So and the leader ants they they kind of have the the you know they have like a contact the body contact with the falling and also chemical cues. But it's a lot about behavior to show them where to go. And so there was a study. They they filmed. I think. Do you know where the study is? Is it a German study or? No. Well, no, no. I I can look it up and we can also put it on the description if you mm -hmm. want to read about it more. I think it was a Swedish study. Okay, so Northern Europe though. Yeah, but it's, yeah, mm. it was from Europe, and they did. They had twelve different colonies, and they had like a test arena where they had a like a you know they filmed the test arena, and then they had different colonies, and they they forced the colonies to move from one side to the other. They kind of, you know, had like two different sites where they could choose from, either yeah. go this way or the other way. So we're filming it. And then they did that four times in a row. So four times the ants had to move. And then the, the, the film material showed them which ants were actually the leaders and which were the followers. And okay. so they, they were marking them to see which right. were the leaders, which were the followers. And they, they, they also could... Um, kind of measure how good the performance of the leader was because if the leader was able to really move the follower to the nest site without losing him mm -hmm. that was you know like a hundred percent accomplishment right whereas they were not so good leaders if they lost the the follower and on the way <laughs> <laughs> and then well, maybe, and, maybe they were just abandoning a couple because they were useless maybe who knows <laughs> it's like okay I'm, I'm, uh, we don't need you anymore <laughs> thinning the herd yeah and so what they did then in the in the fifth um fifth run you know the fifth time they had to move they kind of changed things in the colony mm -hmm. In one treatment, they removed the pronounced leaders. So the ants that were leading a lot, they kind of took them out of the colony. Mm -hmm. And then they saw, uh, were, were interested what will happen to the colony. Will they be able to move again, like really good? Or will they okay. just fall apart? And then they had a second treatment where they removed the pronounced, uh, the, the prominent follower ants. Mm -hmm. And then they had another treatment where they removed both the follower and the, the pr pr um, prominent leaders. Mm -hmm. So prominent means the ants that were always leaders and the ants that were always followers. So those were okay. really experienced, right? Yeah, but I mean, but, uh, but what 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 else would there be? Like, um, so you remove the followers and the leaders, then how did they end up moving at all? 
Well, as I said, they're the they're the prominent ones. Those who oh, okay. are always leading. Good followers you know? and good yeah, leaders. good followers okay. and good leaders. And then in one treatment, they remove them. Uh, yeah, the followers and the leaders. But the, but the, the best ones of the herd. The best yeah, ones, yeah. yeah, 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 the best ones. They're well, the always you know kind of good followers, good leaders. Now, <laughs> ants, you'd you'd consider they're hive animals. Well, we call them. Yeah, hive is more in German. There's like called uh, Staat. so it would be ah, like city. a. No, it's more like a beehive. How would you? Like a is a hive. Yeah, so a hive. Yeah, that's that's kind of the same. I would, well, you know, we call it like a colony as well. Okay, but ants are then like bees. They have yeah, a, they're they so-called social insects, right? So social, social in- insect. Okay, uh, but uh, I mean, I, I think of them more as uh, when, when I think of the hive mind, I think of the queen, and I think of dictation. Yes, yeah, yeah, right? that, yeah. So that's so and have everybody the queen. has a role, and they don't yep. deviate. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. exactly how you would um, say that. And yeah, and then they had a, the last treatment was they didn't change anything. They just left mm-hmm. it like that. And I compared again, you know, how how good were the performance of the whole colony moving from one side to the other. And I realized that it was way more important to leave the prominent leaders in the colony f- for them to move than the prominent followers. So it was important to have experienced uh, leaders. Mm-hmm. in the colony and not so much that you have experienced followers so that's interesting yeah the leaders had really to know what to do then they, they needed mm-hmm. to not only to know where to find new nest sites and mm-hmm. how but also how to lead the other ants there without le- losing them it's interesting the because um when you think of uh wolves yeah. right it's it's a it's it's not that it's the opposite but it's a different concept in that wolves um they ha- they're more team um, well, and yeah. less like single leader, right? They have a different social system. They live in families, right? So right. they have, um, you know, the the the, the mom and <laughs> yeah. and the dad and the children, and they also have the the a little bit older children, well, which they help. Have, they have the packs, which means a couple families kind of together, right? Or uh, no, it's like really just a family system. But you have some of the youngest before they mm-hmm. actually become fertile. They still stay within the family and they okay. help raising the younger ones. And until they're old enough, they leave the family units mm-hmm. to find their own partners and have their own territories, right? right? It's interesting because in, in, in German, the word for pack animal is family animal. And uh, yeah, in, yeah, in English, yeah. pack animal... Uh, different. Oh, it's, not, it's not that it's different. It's like when we humans mm. hear the word family, we think of really mother, father, children. Mm. Whereas um, when we hear the word pack, we think of, you know, uh, the cousins are also there. Right. <laughs> ah, okay. You know, and the grandparents yeah. are also there. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's and maybe not even like that. maybe yeah. even like you know, with the rabbit colony, when you use the word colony, it it means that they're not necessarily related to one yeah. another within two three generations. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right at all. Yeah. Um. So they're actually just a group that came together. Yeah, with the rabbits, it's even different. It's just as you said, you know, there's like you have uh you have a, like a place where they would like to build their bar systems, mm-hmm. and if there are only a few places left, like a huge they you they need huge um, bushes. Right. Thick bushes that they are protected from, you know, predators, and so there's like a female coming, and she's like, oh, "Okay, I want to build a bar system here, but I can't do it myself because that's the only place, mm. and we need a huge bar." So other females come, and then they start digging together the bar system, and for the females, their limited resources is nest site, like a secure place where they can raise their young, but for the males, the limited resource are the females. So mm. once the female dig the borrow systems all the males come you know it's like oh okay you know we want to mm-hmm. we want to be part of this party here <laughs> and so what they do at the end they establish a rank system 
amongst the females. So you have the alpha female, the beta female, and so, so on and so forth. And then also the males are, you have the alpha male and the beta male and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So they have two parallel social rank systems in order to keep that whole thing working. Okay. But they're not related to each other. All right. Yeah. I'm going to bring up the, uh, the uh, ants again. Okay. Because uh, I found this. There's a website called crazyants.de. <laughs> <laughs> and this, and they're going through all the, the different mm. major ants that we have in Germany, and the ones that we were talking about with the big ant hills, uh, they are called Formica pretensis, pretensis, yeah. pretensis, yeah. and Formica rufa. And um, schwarze Waldameise, I think, yeah. The uh, Black forest ant. Are they? That, yeah, I'm not so sure. As again, I'm not so good with ants. Well, but it, <laughs> it's, they say here that there are three main types yeah. of uh, Formica sensu stricto, mm -hmm. and uh, the first one, this is the um, Raptiformica sanguina mm -hmm. uh, or sanguini and it, um, it it's not protected mm -hmm. right these two on the right hand side the pretensis and the rufa they're protected because their numbers have been diminishing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, when you see the size of them yep they're big yeah, right. They're they're, they're 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 like over a centimeter. Yeah, um, in, in size at least. And, and some ants are actually you know have different sizes. So where the the workers are smaller, bigger than the queen, and also mm -hmm. so forth. And the one I was talking about, there I had so-called monomorphic species. So they're all the same sizes. And maybe also to you know talk a little bit more about the way they sh um, they divide between the works. Mm -hmm. So with ants, they have a so-called mm, how you say that, like an external Außendienst, how you would call that in, in um, English? Yeah. Ex uh, um, Außendienstler. <laughs> yeah, external service is the direct translation, but what you mean is is that they the have... Workers, yeah, yeah, they have contractors, essentially from outside. Well, no, they're part of the colony, but they work outside, right? So they go out to find food. Well, and... even but when, when you use the word Außendienstler in German, it's more in the sense like they're not a part of the central... No, no, they're part of it. They just okay. work, you know, they, they leave the colony. And okay. to go to find food, and then they come back, but they're not really going into the colony ah. a lot. They're only exchanging. So like <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah, and that that's interesting because they share. So outside these workers different, would be a good yeah, word for that. They share the tasks, so you have the ones, the outside workers, going out and look for food, and then mm -hmm. with ants, it's interesting. Also with bees, they they start, you know they they eat the food, they have it in their stomach, and then they go back to the colony, and then they kind of like kiss the other ants to give them their food you know they, they kind of like choke it I, up again. I saw a couple pictures of that uh, it's, it's really <laughs> freaky when you see the, these, yeah, these yeah. mandibles spreading and they start yeah. puking in each other's mouths it's kind of like when birds feed the the you know the nestlings so yeah. it's just like whoop they gang yeah, it up yeah, again yeah. it's so called the ants kiss which is actually kind of nice and so from there they kind of really you know like bring it from one ant to the other to the other but there is another study that showed that with ants, it's interesting because those having the same tasks, for example, the ants that work outside, they also keep more contact with the ants that have the same tasks. So they, they try to do reduce the contacts to the ants that work in the colony as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is to avoid spreading disease. Like if one of these ants from outside, mm -hmm. you know, they carry a fungi or a parasite or anything like that, they ah. don't want this thing to spread into the colony. That's why they try to, to distance themselves or to just not having so much contact to the ants that work in the colony. And those ants have tasks like, you know, just feeding the mm -hmm. pupae and the larvae and raising the young and also 
supporting the the queen and all that. Do they have to wear masks and stay a meter and a half away from each other? Probably. If they get sick? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, there's another study that sh exactly showed that when they did a they did a, um, a study where they had also ants colonies. They were filming the ants, and they, funny enough, they put like little QR codes on the ants, and so they could ident individually identify them. This is Sam and Hank, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then at the end, they had a they had a, like a model, a computer model that they made for, out of these data, where they exactly knew what kind of ant it was, what kind of work they had to do. You know, they're working mm -hmm. as inside or outside um, ants, and so they put everything together, and they could really model how they would react to an in spread of disease mm -hmm. in in the colony. And then they had another model where they actually just used the data. But they removed the information of the ant's job. So it was just they had the same amount of contacts and time of contacts, mm -hmm. but the information about what this ant was doing in the colony was removed. And then they compared the uh, the different models and they saw that the the, the model that was so-called the, the zero model. Mm -hmm. What does zero mean in the sense the one that didn't get uh, yeah didn't get the information if right. if they were just modeling and see how how much context they should actually have and you could just really see that the ants on purpose separated the their tasks from each other mm -hmm. you know you there there was it was an important variable that was needed to put into the model to see mm -hmm. how the ants were be behaving they knew or they know that they are working outside. Hmm. And so they were not having so much contact with ants that are living inside. Wow. And also keeping keeping the context really short, you know, just like, you know, kiss, give the food and fuck off again. <laughs> I, th I think it's funny because uh, it makes a lot of sense in that, you know, if they're walking on mus mushroom spores all day, yeah. you don't want that in the colony. Absolutely. You know? And they did another, did another uh, experiment mm -hmm. where they actually really brought, uh, I think it was a fungi, into the whole colony. So mm -hmm. they... They, they grabbed a couple of the, these outside workers yeah. and put a solution on them. Some was a control with no spores in it, no fungi, mm -hmm. and some really got the fungi on yeah, their... Just like torture animals for I fun. Know, creepy, I know, I right? know, yeah, yeah. That's also a thing to just, you wow. know, is that really necessary? Anyways, but they, they saw that when the ant had these spores on them, there were even more selecting selective you know they were even mm -hmm. reducing more the contact to the workers in the colony and they were really distancing themselves from the mm. colony they somehow knew that they were in infectious it reminds me crazy, yeah? it reminds me of this uh, of that um uh, by oat studios the guy who did district nine mm. he has this little uh, skit that he did with charlotte copley called god mm. where god is sitting in a in, in his den and there's like a, a billiard board uh billiard table size um table like a big board in front mm -hmm. of him where there's like you know he can look at life from his little <laughs> chair in his den <laughs> and he's like Jeffrey oh is that what we yeah, saw yeah. today or? exactly yeah like, it's Jeffrey, go get the, you know <laughs> give them some water they're parched and, and, and Jeffrey's like be my pleasure sir and he comes over and gives them a couple of squares and he's like oh look at that it's so precious the little loincloths flipping and dropping <laughs> throughout everything and he's like oh life is so precious it's so lovely Ah, send in the plague. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's, it's really it's, cool. It's, it's how I feel about some of you scientists sometimes. I know, right? I know. It's like, that's why oh, not... life is so precious. I um, know. Send just, in the plague. Yeah, just 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 put a couple, you know, like parasites on them yeah. and see I'm what happens. I'm still waiting for it. Well, who was it that said this? It was um, <laughs> Bill Hicks way back when. He's like, headline news. Or no, it was actually it was um, oh that guy who did the voice for the rat uh, ratatouille thing. Um, it'll come to me. Another okay. comedian. Yeah. Um, and he says. Breaking news today. Science. 
we've just made cancer airborne and contagious. You're welcome. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is actually, yeah, as as funny as it sounds, it's reality, and uh, not, or it's not funny as it sounds. <laughs> it sounds funny. I mean, it you can always funny. laugh it's, at stupidity. It sounds crazy, right? That makes it a little funny, but yeah. this is the reason why I'm not doing this anymore. You know, this is the reason why I'm not working in science anymore, because I saw it one Well, you're still working times. in science. You're just definitely not doing well, laboratory work. Yeah, I'm not doing this yeah. kind of work anymore. Even back then in my time with the rabbits, you know, I was questioning myself years later if that what I did was, you know, if that was really necessary. And I didn't mm -hmm. do any experiments with them. It's not that I was like torturing my rabbits or catching them and mm -hmm. put them into the laboratory. Not at all. We just observed the wild animals. And it was really important for me to be as non-invasive as possible with my methods. But for example, we were also doing the telemetry study where we put radio collars on the rabbits. And back then, the, the technical approach was not so advanced as it's right now or today mm -hmm. so we had collars there were not breakaway collars so that was left on the rabbits and you know still to that day i don't know if if some of these got caught or entangled or anything like that and just the thought of that it was because of me and my study that they they were killed it's not nice um, but mm -hmm. back then i was not really thinking about this so much and yeah i mean this is also just part of a personal journey and i am yeah, I wouldn't do it that way again. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right. So, but maybe to come back to that list as well, what we started with the what we can learn from the ants. As I mm -hmm. said, the first thing, you know, you can you can move way more than you can what that what you would think of. Well, how to complete a task, exactly. That yeah. seems Well, that's actually another point. <laughs> yeah, how, but, that seems very difficult. But yeah, but but you are capable of a lot more than you can think of. The second one is, you know, if you can't do it yourself, find good people that are um, that are skilled <laughs> that mm. know what to do and that can help you experience once and the third one is also we were just already talking about this have like a security system you know find find like a or put into like a buffer within your project within okay. your book with me i have so to we say, call that a, like a redundancy almost Yes, just what I said with the ants, you know, if something goes wrong, some of the ants are infected that this whole thing won't won't kill the whole colony. So they have these security systems where they reduce the contacts to the other ants, mm -hmm. where they spend less time near the colony. When I wrote my book, you know, I did a lot of security or what is that, copies. I did a lot of extra copies and also just, you know, I, I kind of thought how I could could prevent my whole book from being a disaster. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I tried to to put a lot of buffer time in it, which didn't really work with me because I, yeah, I lost a lot of time on the way due to illnesses and other things. And I was calculating not enough time. So next time, definitely will I will do better on this one. <laughs> but it's the same thing, you know, really find these security spots where you are having like even if something goes wrong that you don't fall back the whole way but that you have these security stops in between as a yeah just as a copy or something mm -hmm. right and also have buffers financially and uh, time-wise right um so that that's another thing to think about and also what i learned from nature in general and ants is that it's important to have um, a structure and an order where you can really work. It's important to have, yeah, I mean, you know, just with my book, I always try to have a workplace where things are organized and the structure of a book itself, it's the same. 
without starting, you know, you shouldn't start writing a book just like, oh, I, I just feel like I'll write a book today. <laughs> but why would you want to write that book? What will that be about? And what is the main message? Why should people read this thing? Why do you think it's important? You have to have a certain structure and a goal and just, you know, a, a, some kind of order for things to happen. And that you can see in nature. It's the one of the one of the, how do you say that, um, like signs of mm -hmm. life, or it's it's part of life, like the, on the to-do list of every living organism, right. they have to have a certain degree of order. And it starts within a cell, the way the cells are organized, the way they work. It's very, there are different units, different structures, and this is how you can also put it into project management or in, in larger projects that you want to accomplish, such as writing a book, this is very important. And you can also see that with the ants, as I said, you know, the, the way they, they share the different work loads and how they organize the colonies, the, the, the way they, they exchange their information in the system. And even with rabbits, I was astonished how they create like the way you know the the, the order in in the social system mm -hmm. in the communication system so there's a lot a lot of structure in it and um, where you know the creativity can happen <laughs> so yeah yep. that's another thing to to look, learn look, look from... at this little hairy guy i just caught that oh yeah picture. he looks nice yeah right is that the red in english we typically call them um the fire ants? No, I think wood ants. Oh, yeah. Wood ants or they're something beautiful, like that. They're beautiful, right? Like, yeah. But they're, but they're not fire ants in, in like, that they're, like, the, what we call fire ants in North America, um, those little buggers. So when, when you, because I've, I've seen this happen, I've had mm -hmm. it happen to me. You're sitting on, you know, near a fire ant hill and they're, they're in, in North America, they're, they're smaller and, but they're red, right? And they, they crawl all over you and you don't feel them. Like mm -hmm. they're, they're tiny. These guys, you, you notice when they're walking on you, it's like having a, a big spider or a cricket Ooh, on you. Okay. <laughs> um, but the little fire ants back home, what they do is they, uh, they, they, they crawl all up, uh, you know, your legs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is, is that one of them, just like you were talking about with the leader and the followers, mm -hmm. the leader, mm -hmm. He, he gets every, waits for everybody to be in the position. Mm -hmm. And then he sets out a pheromone mm. that tells everybody to bite at the same time. Nice. <laughs> and so you're sitting there and out of nowhere, you have a hundred bites all over you. Wow. And some people go into uh, shock yeah, yeah, because of imagine. it, because uh, yeah. individually they don't have much poison in them. Yeah. But when you get bit by like a hundred of them at once, yeah. some people really freak out. Right? Absolutely. You, you can't get them off of you either. They just keep going at you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty little buggers. Yeah, fire ants. There you go. Yeah, but it's it's crazy nice to see example. how yeah. a tiny little animal mm. um, has the ability to mm. uh, become a big animal when they work collectively together, right? Yeah. This I know is, these guys too, right? These guys here, this is what we pull from our cat. <laughs> oh um, my God. In the summer, it's certain times of the year is more than others. This is, so. this is what the typical tick looks like over here after he's fed. <laughs> <laughs> Just right? full. Yeah, exactly. They're little marbles once they're full, and then you can uh, throw them at the wall and they bounce. Oh my god! I know. Eh? <laughs> um, so uh, they're they're nasty little creatures, and over here they 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 carry specific diseases. Um, yeah. What we guys, uh, what we know as Lyme disease. Yeah. I believe it's called. Well, um, so that that's what you call borreliosis. Exactly. Okay. And there's yeah. another disease called. Um, yeah, the main one. It says right um, here. I can read it. Here in Anhangsdrüsers, I forgot about the. Um, uh, Prusoma meningoencephalitis, yeah. yeah. Exactly. FSME, I think, yeah. Yep. That's also really, really bad because it's it's kind of an inflammation of the brain. 
And so you can just lose your mind, literally. <laughs> yeah, crazy, huh? And I think at least the second one, I'm not so sure if that's This is curable, what they but look the... like when they're yeah. not full. They On start your... off as these little tiny... They're small little ones, you know, you yeah. can't really see them. Like we have as on our but the, cats... But these, they they're arachnids, the... they're not insects, yeah? They're spiders, actually. Yeah. Call, uh, well, they belong to the, to the um, was that, the order of, of mites? So, mm -hmm. yeah. I didn't know that they had Spinnentiere, spider animals called in in German. Yeah, well, we call them arachnids. Yeah, yeah, I think arachnide, that should be the one. Should mm -hmm. be the one, yeah. Arachnids. Yeah. All right, so um, let's, let's get into, let's bring reality now into our fiction. <laughs> that wasn't fiction. <laughs> no, 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 that was all reality. What you were talking about was all uh, reality. Let's yep, bring yep, it into yep. our fiction. Ah, okay. I um, thought how, how, how do things work with you at, uh, in your work life? I mean, from your exam, from your from your experience as a biologist, how 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 do the laws of of nature and and, and mm. the way that nature completes tasks? How how well do you think uh, your companies and the places <laughs> that you've worked with and the universities? How how do you think they would do if you were to rate them? <laughs> it, you know, it, it, using something like the wolf uh, pack yeah. or the the bear. Uh, I think they're called the pack as well. The, the bears, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the rabbits, the um, uh, ants as as a baseline as to this is how nature or or even the the, the bees the way yeah. they you know. I would say there's a different motivation you know between these systems. I mm -hmm. can see from where I was working in my university. I'm also the last couple positions that I had. The motivation was not to find the best solution and to find the most efficient way to to realize a common goal that is for the better of the whole system. It was more like individuals that try to to that try to produce as much as possible, as quick as possible, in order to enrich their own value. And I see that with mm -hmm. animals. I don't think that animals feel like, oh, I have to accomplish a lot in order to feel worthy. You right. Know? This right. is not their goal. Their goal is to to function in in a way that they're most efficient in order to survive. And they have a different mm -hmm. they have a different motivation. It's about life or death experience. And I think with our humans, we tend to forget that life is endless. And then we carry, you know, we care about shit that's not important. What do you mean endless? Uh sorry. <laughs> 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 I was gonna say, what, what, what are you expecting about life? I was just seeing if you was if you were listening. All right. All <laughs> no, right. I mean, if it's was that the word for it? It's terminated. It's not endless. Not endless. Finite. Right. Finite is finite. the word you look for. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Endless. Yeah. 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 I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so and you, we are caught into little things that we think are important, just as you know, trying to yeah make ourselves look good and so i think we 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 become entangled into personal thoughts and what other people think about us and then we make decisions that are not so efficient right and the goals that we have are more like okay i want to produce as much as possible in order to other people to recognize me as something special or i i just i just need to pretend to be busy all the time so people think I am worth or I have a lot to do right, right. <laughs> and I'm producing a lot but at the end they don't really do anything because it's not thought through it's there's mm -hmm. a different motivation behind that and so I think this is um, something I observed more and more specifically when there are people around who have a lot of narcissistic traits that they they don't really care about, you know, like a common goal that would serve the community, but more about how they look, how they 
can enhance their own value. And mm -hmm. so it's a different strategy, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. But I can't really see nature to be like that, you know? It's like where, as you said, where with ants, they work together and they're not caring so much about their own survival, even if it's necessary, you know, when they they, they realize it's they're sick or something, they distance themselves from the yeah. group in order yeah. to well, this is a very the, interesting the community thing too. Uh, now, because over the last couple of years, we've all been informed that social distancing works and that we have to wear face <laughs> nappies in order to uh, <laughs> prevent the spread of disease. And it's interesting because in the in the case of colonies like mm -hmm. ants and bees. What and, and I've even seen it. We saw this with our cat. Yeah, our cat got uh, like a form of bronchitis while she, uh, after having given birth. Mm. And what did she do? She stayed the hell away from them. Yeah, yeah. And when they tried to come close, she tried to smack them. Yeah, right, and ran away. Yeah. And and so the difference is is that social distancing. I want to use this word now because it's a nice term that we've all grown comfortable with. <laughs> social distancing in nature mm. means you stay the fuck away from anything in your group yeah if and you feel like you're sick right if something exactly. is going on with you it doesn't yeah. mean you join the group at a safe distance mm. it means you're the you're you're gone you're mm. out of the group mm. until you either get better or you die yeah and you see this with bees where if a sick bee comes back they'll mm. kill them they'll destroy them yeah they're not allowed right? to go back into the hive then exactly i've seen yeah. the uh, same thing i believe with uh like um certain rodents as well, mm. right? I, I I can't remember exactly. It might be like a guinea pig or something that mm. I could be recalling, but it's an interesting play on words because social distancing in nature really isn't like, it, it, it actually, I think it, it, with the way that we use it, it, it with humans, it's actually kind of queer in the sense that it's it's not actually distancing yourself socially. It's actually being social at mm. what we believe to be a socially acceptable distance, which, you know... I didn't get that one. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is, is that nature, uh, nature. I mean, in reality, yeah. you see the animals when they're sick, mm -hmm. they go in the other direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they stay the hell from... away and they remove themselves from yeah. their daily life and practice and so yeah. on and so forth. And what I'm saying is, is that the colony mm -hmm. will reject the sick. Yeah. Absolutely reject them. And, 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 and in many cases, if the sick tries to make their way back, the colony will destroy them. Mm. Whereas in our world... When uh, we, we we apply the idea of social distancing, it's more like all of a sudden the people who aren't sick are responsible for making it easier for the people who are, mm. which is quite different. And that it's different. But as I said, you know, also we humans have a different way, like the, the way our brain mm -hmm. works. We have a huge spectrum, the prefrontal cortex that is very unique to us. This is where we're now getting because yeah. it's funny because when you mentioned the whole prefrontal cortex mm -hmm. idea. Uh, or, or you know, the theory of how how it uh, is mm -hmm. responsible for our uh, self awareness. Yeah. Right. That that we fear death, and that animals yeah. will will distance themselves from the pack because they fear um, the longevity of their of of their of their genetics mm -hmm. of, of their mm -hmm. of their offspring. It's even um, I, I read about this. There is also part called the limbic system that we have and that mammals have, and also um, I think yeah, the mammals are specifically. But like the reptiles and all that, they, they only have the reptilian brain, mm -hmm. which is more like the profound instinct ways and mm -hmm. you know, the insects as well. But there, it was... What, what, what's an insect brain like anyway? Um, they have, like it's a kind of a smaller, but they have a brain. So they have a central nervous well, system. Well, it's just kind of like floating in their head or anywhere in the body? Well, no, it's in, they have like, um, so they have so-called ganglions, which are um, a combination of different nerve 
cells that are kind of bundled, you know, mm -hmm. like it's an already an accumulation of a lot of nerve cells, which you would call like a brain kind of. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they have it in their head, basically. Okay. And then it's kind of... Uh, but it, but it's is, it, is it swimming in their head like their organs do in their body? Or is it kind of like attached by a couple safety wires <laughs> <laughs> so their brain doesn't get lost in their ass? That's a good... <laughs> <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> that's a very good question let me think about you know we, in my biology studies I, we had to dissect all the different see once again with this like let's let's, let's learn I by know, destroying I'm sorry but this is how it was right. and uh, I really at least cherished let's just, that let's just pretend you were young and naive at the time well I had to that was part of my education I, and yeah. to be honest it's different if you just see it in the book or if you can really so. you know open up an animal and look at it and I was very grateful for having that opportunity because mm. you see all these structures and it it's amazing mm. but from what i remember we had as an insect a release the plague jeffrey <laughs> <laughs> just rub it in yeah. it's okay well at least i try to you know now make uh, i want to help it. now as a biologist <laughs> and uh, no so we had um, a cockroach actually mm -hmm. for an insect to for di dissection and i remember that they things were really sticky <laughs> and everything was at their space you know at their place sticky it was or stinky both okay and it was not that things were just floating around it was fixed mm -hmm. so they had their brain up you know in where mm -hmm. it belonged into the head and okay. then you have all the different nerve cells that were really going from the brain into the different extremities mm -hmm. through the whole body system Oh. So called uh, called ganglion, it's in it's it's basically just a bundle of nerve cells, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's already very very complex. That's how they can move the different the different extremities if they have you know six legs and all that mm -hmm. or eight legs <laughs> if you're not talking about insects. But yeah, so what was actually the question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're too much. Um, <laughs> Well, let, let's 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 recap and actually let's go let's go forward into a oh, nice. Oh yeah, no, sorry. One thing I wanted to say that was about the limbic system, right? The limbic system is. There was a question about the limbic system. No, it was not a question. I wanted to say something about the limbic oh, okay. system. So as I said, my, my humans, question was, was whether they can lose their brain and it can float up into their no, ass. No, they can't. No, they can't. No, okay. they can't. And that's good. Yep. So, but there was the idea that in mammals they have. In addition to the repti reptilian brain, also the so-called limbic system. And it was thought that this limbic system evolved where there's a lot of emotions. It's like emotional, um, the center of emotions. Mm -hmm. Emotions now, means the limbic that, system is a section of the of the yeah, mammalian it's a brain? Yeah, it's a section of this, the, the central nervous system, so the brain. Okay. And it's right above the the reptilian brain, so okay. kind of it's so also it's, it's called a, the in, middle. But it's still in the back there, yeah. It's in the back, and it's called the middle middle brain. Okay. So you have the prefrontal cortex is basically just you know like your your is that here forehead the forehead yeah. stuff most of it where you have huge cortex you know the whole thing mm -hmm. is here, and then you have the middle. What, what part. about people like me with slopey foreheads? Uh, is it know. is it pushed back or was it just missing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Whatever I say is not the right answer, I guess. <laughs> it is as it is. It is as it is. I don't know. I'm not a neuroscientist. <laughs> All right. Or, or, or a craniometrist. No. All but right. what I wanted to say, <laughs> come back to that All point, right. with about the limbic system. So this is where mammals have that part. Remember I told you guys about how like when you get her rolling on, on shit, it, like it just... It's, it doesn't end... Uh, I, it's like a book that you can't push pause on. It just there's so much stuff it coming bad? out. I no, it's not bad at all. I'm, to I'm say listening. that last time, let last me not thing. interrupt you. No, anymore. okay. So the limbic system. This is where a lot of emotions, feelings arise. You know, like mm -hmm. um, love. Yeah, love as a feeling, but just a mm -hmm. lot of 
empathy as well. And so there's one idea about the neuroscientist called, the, I think, Ms. McAleen. He was his, his name. He was very known also for the the tri triangular brain. Doesn't matter. Yeah, no, I've actually, I know his name. Yeah. Yeah. So he was coming up with the idea that we have a reptilian brain, we have a, the mammalian brain, and then we have the human parts of the brain. And so the mammalian brain, that limbic system was thought that this evolved because mammals are very social. They care for the young. Mm -hmm. This is why I thought maybe, you know, this mm -hmm. limbic system started to evolve in order to bring more caring into the behavior right. of these mammals. That's why I think it's different. You can't really compare ants and reptiles thinking, with the behavior of a mammal and a human being. Mm -hmm. If you steal a chicken egg, will the chicken try to defend it and peck at you or will it run away? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you grew up with chickens. I didn't grow well, up with chickens. Well, remember me. Well, they they, they were I, used to, to you know, that we come and I'm more of the impression eggs. that they scatter. They scatter? They scatter. They run away. Yeah, when you approach the, the chicken stall, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, the chicken's life is more important than the eggs. It's just laid. I've never experienced a chicken really, you know, kind of... I'm sorry, I'm asking the difficult questions today. No, it's fine. I'll, I'll try to remember <laughs> how it was. I was, you know, I grew up with chickens. We had chickens until, you know, like just... Didn't you ever have to... Didn't your parents ever say, Madden, go get some chick some eggs for breakfast? And you yeah, to, of course, of course. And I went in and they were like, always... just like, shoo, 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 and the chickens just easily went away. They never pecked well, at you. Well, mostly it was, you know, they... they um with, with our chicken, they had like a huge outside area where they were able to go outside. So mm -hmm. in the morning... The, the 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 it was opening up, so they went outside and they left their eggs in the in the in the box. Yep. They had a laying yeah, yeah. box. So you just snuck so, in there and yeah, stole them. Yeah, you just picked up the eggs and that like was a it. Quick little fox. <laughs> <laughs> Some were still sitting there, you know, like kind of keeping it warm. And mm -hmm. I had never the situation where they kind of attacked me or anything like that. Well, it's interesting. Like, I, I, Whereas with bees, you know, when they when you yeah, try to well, get their honey, they can become really nasty. That's buggers. different. You're you're attacking their life supply. Um, it, yeah. So I, I say this because uh, Jack Horner, the guy who had created the Chickenosaurus uh, project, which was <laughs> trying to genetically alter a chicken to become a dinosaur again. Amazing uh, idea. Yeah, right. And um, again, what, crazy he, he, what he theorized is something that went against the entire, um, and he's actually, he was the uh, scientific advisor for Jurassic Park. And he, he goes through a list of stuff that Jurassic Park wouldn't take his advice on <laughs> as to how, you know, the mm -hmm. movie's just doing it for you know, glam and all that. Um, and and he, he theorized and said that uh, dinosaurs are not reptiles and they're not lizard in the way that we think they are mm -hmm. because he has proof that they care for their young. Mm. That um, And this this is actually in Jurassic yeah. Park 2 where they showed the, the velociraptors hunting as pack animals and mm. taking care of their young. Mm -hmm. And so it makes me just wonder about mm -hmm. that because we know that... Um, um, well, we don't know about dinosaurs, mm. but we, we we know that birds and that reptiles don't possess the prefrontal cortex and this middle brain. Um, but maybe some birds do. I don't know. Yeah. Mm, let me think. I, I just recently read about this. <laughs> well, it's already getting late, so I'm kind of... Um, well, the birds, yeah, they have not the limbic system and also mm -hmm. not the prefrontal cortex. Exactly. But, but they do it, care it for their young. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that it's not the way they behave like mammals. Actually, they found that with the birds, they have um, they ha the structure is different, but the the function is very similar mm -hmm. to the brain of the mammals. They are also very highly intelligent. They have a lot of cognitive abilities, which means they're able to remember things, yeah. problem solving, and all that, which also includes taking care of the young and mm -hmm. having that. And a lot of birds are very, you know, they they are. Um, they they stay with their young and and mm -hmm. 
or even just living in Paris being very socially bonding to their to the to that family yeah. unit kind yeah. of yeah but it is it, there is truth in that um I think that birds are definitely um easier to walk away from uh the nest than an, an animal from their uh from from their den for example the wolves and stuff like that yeah probably and i I've, i mean i've seen this in an example that there are specific birds that um uh the, they have to jump from the cliff from uh, from a cliff mm -hmm. in order to survive yeah, and yeah, yeah. typically only a couple of them make it and uh yeah. the parents are cool with that you know this is part of you know their their lives and you see that with different strategies in nature we have some animals so called there are strategy i think we talked about this already i don't know there are st uh, st strategists and you have the k strategists which mm -hmm. means there are so-called uh, reproduction mm -hmm. these animals are typically a lot of insects you know like mm -hmm. uh, also mice having a lot a lot a lot of um, young producing a lot of eggs it's like the um, frogs right. uh, over having you know four thousand eggs or something producing at once crazy yeah and then they they fuck off they leave them More like turtles later and tortoises, yeah and they are calculating this loss into the behavior and they're living in an environment which is very unstable. You know, they can't predict how food will be. Mm -hmm. And so they, it's kind of just, you know, playing, playing, how's that, lotto? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you buy, the more, sure. the more, what's that, lose? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm losing my words here in English today. Lose? In what context? Um, if you go to the lotto and you 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 buy a ticket, yeah, yeah, the well, more tickets uh, yeah, you buy, yeah, the, the higher the chances that you will win something, right? And yeah. this is how they play it. The more the eggs they produce or offsprings, they make sure that at least some of them will mm -hmm. survive, although they're not spending their energy into taking care of all these youngs, which is mm -hmm. not possible. So it's kind of like a trade-off between having a lot of offsprings, like producing a lot of eggs, mm -hmm. but having not the time and energy to take care of them all. It's interesting. I mean, so I, I want to ask before we switch topic, because yeah. uh, I, I want to continue with this topic. Is there anything else you want to say about the limbus system? No. <laughs> no? All right. So we're good there. So the, so. Uh, it was just the idea that, again, you know, we were talking about the different behaviors of, of animals and ants when they're sick, mm -hmm. removing themselves from the colony. But as I said, this is a different way. They have different behaviors, different brain structures. So it's hard to really compare them to the to the way mammals would Well, behave, this is actually right? what I find to be fascinating yeah. because it seems to be more of an innate universal law amongst all animals yeah. and not necessarily something responsible by yeah. the, the middle brain or the prefrontal cortex. I think it really depends also if it's an infectious um, disease. I think mm -hmm. you were right. You know, this could be like a, something that you can see in different animal yeah, yeah, yeah. taxa. But for example, I don't really have an example now. Well, with the spores, it's but, different. It makes It's actually very fascinating that yeah. they know that they're trampling stuff that they don't want to bring into the yeah. colony. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, they, yeah. they just, it's it, you know, they they avoid uh, contamination. Yeah, it's and, really... And that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, it Bees is. Bees are, are, are similar in the yeah, sense. Um, absolutely. So it, it, to, to me, now when we start looking at our world, mm -hmm. you know, the the non-realistic world or the world that's becoming more and more distant from, rea mm -hmm. from reality, right? Um, how how do, how do how do we actually compare? Because that was the original question. Yeah, is yeah, how, how does your compared it. um how how would you explain or how would you rate you know your experience mm. working to the the way that the the animal kingdom does it? And yeah. I say this because in the animal kingdom, um, when we talk about um believing 
that the brain holds the intelligence mm -hmm. is still a theory. You know, I, I don't care how many people I say. I absolutely agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that going into the brain looking for intelligence is like opening <laughs> the radio looking for the announcer. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the, the, yeah. you're just not going to find them there. And and we see this in that um, there are lots of experiences shared uh, that that circumvent the brain. Like mm. a guy gets a new liver, and all of a mm -hmm. sudden he wants to play the piano, and finds out that the person he got the liver from was a pianist. The, the, yeah. This has nothing to do with the brain. But no, it, I it mean, for might. me, it's clear why it is. But, you know, you, everyone has to come yeah. to that conclusion themselves. <laughs> so. and, and that's and that's the fascinating thing. Yeah. So now when we talk about how the ants know how to create these difficult tasks, even fruit flies, they, mm -hmm. they, their brains are so small that uh, I think like 150,000 neurons, yeah. like it's tiny. And yeah. yet they can do complicated uh things that we would we still don't understand yeah. i mean for me it's really just an expression of life you know mm -hmm. as i said i i i am sure for myself i experience a lot of times and i i see it as a truth for me that mm -hmm. there is a higher intelligence that is so-called consciousness expressing itself into every living being into everything that is around us to really just uh, experience life in different forms and so this energy this consciousness really just expresses itself through mm -hmm. a physical reality and the brain is just one part of it to move things around but it's 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 like a you know it's like a puppet that you have someone else is really just moving that puppet as as an expression of i don't know how to explain that mm -hmm. <laughs> but this is how i how i uh, come to the point that this for me this is my truth and my reality how okay. i see it and yeah. how i can um, that makes a lot of sense to me and I experience it in my everyday life, opening up about this possibility that the universe is kind of conscious energy that ex ex expresses itself in everything that is around us. And right. that's where how we all are connected with each other. And that's how you can't explain things just by, you know, looking at it and experimenting with animals. That's why I'm also not into the whole science scientific scientific area anymore. I feel like I don't need to do all these experiments in order to prove that there are cool things out there. Right. I already know it. Yeah. You know, I don't need proof for this. I think everything is possible and I don't need to show it and don't need to torture little animals to yeah. prove that. Well, it, this goes back to why do we do anything? You know, this is now a basic kind of yeah. uh, absurd philosophy. And um, why, where do we find purpose or mm -hmm. meaning in anything that we do, right? Mm -hmm. And when you when you ask yourself why 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 do we work? Why why are yeah. we so busy? Why you know <laughs> busy bees? Ex exactly. Now and 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 you start to look at it objectively, yeah. right? And and it's and it's uh, it's 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 a very difficult thing, I think, to um, quantify as a fact. Mm -hmm. Right, because in the end, it really is just theoretical mm -hmm. uh, as to what happens to us after death. Mm -hmm. Where do we come from? Why are we here? The, yeah, yeah. You know these these uh, these these basic fundaments of uh, philosophy and life, right? And I think that us and 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 us as as, as uh, human species, mm -hmm. having created uh, the scientific process, is um, it, it's an extension of us trying to connect to that mm -hmm. to, to those questions. Mm -hmm. To understand where do we come from? Yeah. How, what is what is the meaning of life? What happens after death? But even furthermore, during our life, to create a connection yeah. to reality that is stronger than the connection that we used to have. Mm -hmm. But it's 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 an interesting thing because you know I don't think that a lot of people feel that when they when they go and work their forty hour a week, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and I don't think a lot of people feel that 
when um, you know they're tearing apart life in order to discover yeah, yeah. something that can be marketed and 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 sold to to everybody else right mm -hmm. i think that people use it as an excuse to justify mm -hmm. right by saying we hurt the few but we save the many right mm -hmm. but in the end has there been a deeper connection made to reality and and has it helped us understand any of those other pieces yeah. of the puzzle that we constantly ask ourselves and and this is where we this is where you know in this show we we really focus on that idea of um, distancing from reality. We say we say this almost in every episode that I that whole concept that um, as life becomes more accommodating to us and we start to believe that we are separate from reality and nature and the universe, mm -hmm. we distance ourselves from it. We mm -hmm. we we become um, divergent of reality. Yeah, yeah, entirely. Right. Well, not entirely, but you know, more and more. So when we now look at our work lives. Mm -hmm. I can definitely say now looking at my industry and the way that um, project management is handled mm -hmm. and has morphed and, and been manipulated over the last couple decades. It's it's really shocking to see. You know, um, I mentioned in a couple podcast episodes earlier that I had gone to Switzerland um, last year. Mm -hmm. And they just have their shit together over there on a level that's, that, that, you know, and this kind of also goes into that when I was talking about earlier about the Germans having built things faster, yeah. better, stronger, having used to mm, past tense. It's over. Uh, it's, well, it's not over. At least in Northeast Germany, it's over. I don't know if it ever really was here. Um, I, I, I've heard from Germans all over Germany that Northeast Germany is pretty much just a disaster when it mm. comes to uh, being able to um, manage projects and um, execute them properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why that is, I, I I mean, I could speculate. I don't really want to, but it's just interesting how it has become such a cultural thing now. Um, narcissism and passive aggression um, and the inability to um, create good leadership, mm. right? Um, I see it in the sense that I know from my experience that when creating a, 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 a system and wanting, like you know, when I'm when I'm programming a building and I want to be able to actually finish it in good time, yeah, yeah, it's very counterintuitive. Just like when we lift heavy things, you know, if you don't have experience lifting heavy things and moving them around, I used to remove boilers and 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 asbestos uh, back in the day when I when I was in my teens, um. And it's and it's hard, hard, hard work, and a lot of that work is actually very, very counterintuitive. If any of you out there know what I'm talking about, like being professional movers, um, when you go to move something heavy through a small environment, it's very, very counterintuitive as to how to make that 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 work properly, right? You know, a lot of people don't understand that when you waste when you lift something over your waistline, it becomes easier to carry. Mm -hmm. And so I see people bent over always trying to keep something like five centimeters off the ground. Yeah, yeah. And then they put their back out and they can't work the next day. Right. So longevity becomes a big yeah. question. Yeah, yeah. And this is something I learned in my industry when when being a good project manager you're taking longevity into account. You're yeah. not going to yeah, burn yeah. yourself out by no. doing things foolishly without thinking. Yeah. And this might explain why where we live, we have like record numbers of burnout. Now, mm. burnout in um, Germany isn't a, like a stoner who just doesn't want to work. A burnout in Germany is, <laughs> is, a, is a medical condition that means that they can, they're no longer fit to work because they're mentally and physically exhausted. Yeah. And a lot of, and a lot of what I've seen over here is people go to school Right, it's not like in North America where you try out like a, a couple dozen different jobs, 
by the age of 2025 and then you find what you're interested in. Yeah. Over here, they choose what they want to do for the rest of their life at a very <laughs> young age. Mm. And they're told when they're like 15 or 16 whether they're qualified to continue with it or not. Yeah. It's 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 crazy, right? Yeah. You know, you wanted to do something else originally and you didn't have the notes for it, I think it was. What was it? I wanted to study um psychology first. Right. Yeah, and I couldn't get in because my yeah, my my A level wasn't good enough. In what uh in what um uh course? Well, just general psychology. No, but I mean, uh, what what part of your 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 grades weren't? Uh, no, just the, the the main note at the end. So really? You get a, so they didn't take it into cons into no, account no, what no, part not, uh, no, of your education here. affected your note? No, not here. You just have the huh. end note that was calculated, you know, through the different exams you took at the end, mm -hmm. and then you get a you get the mark, and with that you go to or you apply for the different uh, the the subject at university. Is it like this everywhere in Germany? No. Yeah, it used well, I don't know so much anymore because when I did it it's there was like a central place where you applied mm -hmm. for different studies uh, for you know like a study and then you uh, you, you told them where you want to go at different mm -hmm. universities and then they looked it up if you if you are going into you know all the yeah, high ranking but universities. We're still talking about like what we in North America would consider early to middle high school. This is when you guys start going through this process. No, when you when you're done with your A level which is like after high school. Right? What, what, how, how old are you? When Abitur you, is uh, A-level. Okay, okay. No, I'm talking about yeah. before you guys decide to either do an Abitur or Realschule, um, ah, you, you are okay. already right there being being uh, primed for what it is you're going to do with your life. Uh, so Yeah, just, well, you have to decide right? whether you want to go to the, mm -hmm. um, to the, what's that? Well, you, you, yeah, well, so, <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to really get into this, but the yeah. idea, the whole, the easy the easy concept behind the German education system is that between middle school and high school, um, depending on how... Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, depending on how, how well you d you've done have you so done far. In, in middle yeah. school, then they'll, they they'll then tell you, you whether you should be going into yeah. what we call academic school or tech school, right? That's mm -hmm. what we call it back home. Mm -hmm. And um, academic school is something that you would, you know, if you want to become a lawyer, a doctor, mm -hmm. anything. Tech school is like if you want to become a mechanic or an engineer, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, engineers a bit tricky. Sometimes it kind of goes, it, you can float between the two. Uh, but um, with uh, the German system, they have, I think, three or four different types of high school. And depending on um, how they did in middle school, they can do this high school. And the, um, I think Realschule is the one that eventually ends with uh, the Ausbildung, which mm -hmm. is the, uh, um, what we call the internship. Mm -hmm. So it's like the high school is kind of like married to the job internship. Mm -hmm. And in order to graduate, you actually can, you finish uh, something similar to college. So it's weird that they kind of like bridge high school and college together. Mm -hmm. And um, if you're like Madeline, where um, she becomes a biologist, it's more similar to the American concept of you finish high school and then you go to an actual university, right? That's kind of what you were talking about a second ago is getting into yeah, university. Yeah. But yeah, what I meant different. was that even before that, at a very young age, you're kind of already told here, no, you're not going into that school for university education. You're mm -hmm. going to go into that school for the mm -hmm. uh, for technical. You're going to be more working yeah, with your hands. Yeah, just for apprenticeship. And, and you have to decide this at a very young age. So before mm -hmm. you actually wanted to do biology, mm -hmm. you wanted you were interested in psychology. Yeah, but that was but not that in was, middle that school. Was, that, was, that was post high school. That yeah, was high yeah, school. Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. 
So we got sidetracked. Uh, <laughs> let's wrap this thing up. Um, I yeah. think that today is a very interesting day. I see a lot of you guys watching us right now. <laughs> <laughs> Being speechless. And <laughs> yeah, but not too many of you are, are asking okay. questions. So remember that this is a live show and that you could join in. <laughs> you can ask questions. And via... Is there anything uh, maybe you learned about project management from animals and nature that Absolutely. would be interesting to know? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, not to forget that we are live on Telegram and <laughs> Podbean and uh, DLive and Twitch and Rumble and Rockfin and all that stuff. Um, with Telegram, if you join the Smart Home Stupid chat, right? So it's not just Smart Home Stupid People. Smart Home Stupid People is the Telegram channel where you will then be notified upcoming shows. You can take place in the conversation live with us, just mm -hmm. like in many of the other platforms. But the big difference is in Telegram, if you say, hey, hello, I'd like to call in, I can click <laughs> on you and then we can call you and bring you into the show via Telegram, whether it be on your computer or yeah. on your phone. And that's a pretty cool little thing. We've done it Sounds quite a good. few times, well, a few times already. And uh, it's worked out really well without a hiccup every single time. <laughs> so um, No hiccups. Yeah. Now that I've said that, let's go into the final part of the show. Okay. And uh, the final part that I actually want to focus on is really what um, with us working, how, how are we doing with um, managing project and reality, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I say this because I know... Us, you know, humans. I, for me, I'm a, I'm a very strong. Um, I'm, I'm more of a, um, a family animal in the mm -hmm. sense that uh, I like small groups. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in the big, mm -hmm. uh, in the big social or the hive or the network mm -hmm. or anything like mm -hmm. that. It's not too interesting for me. Um, I know a lot of people that are different. I know some people yeah. that need to work, you know, 15 hours a day, and then uh, that's it. They, they, they love it. They, they're happy with it. They're working ants. Yeah, I mean, I, I work a lot, um, but. Depends on what you call work. You yeah. know, um, yeah, yeah, I have a lot of hobbies that I'm constantly working at as well. Mm -hmm. And for me, there's many different reasons. You know, some of the hobbies become, uh, for me, financial opportunities later. Yeah. So I don't really ever think about trying to um, learn something for work. I learn something because I, I mean, I'm interested in, in it. And yeah. I'm, you know, I want to do it. And when I started getting into project management, I was really interested in the structure, you know, like learning a new language, how to... Uh, build something so complicated and make it so that everybody um, is 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 it, it, like is understanding their part mm -hmm. of the picture and at the same time not trying to isolate them in a in a in a, in a corner right yeah, that was also a good leader quality right I, I, I've yeah. always found it to be I mean I like it's a funny thing I personally like it when um, the organizer of the group or the project manager comes to me and explains to me the whole scope. Mm. But I know this for a fact in my company. There are some people, when I try to tell them more about the scope, it freaks them out. Mm. And, and, and they don't like it. Mm. And so it's also very important to be able to read the different people. I know some people that I can't talk to them about the problems. Yeah, yeah. Because they'll, they'll, they'll freak out. Okay. And, and, and it doesn't help them, right? And they really just need to be told what their simple little job is. And nothing more. And other people, you can tell who want to understand the scope and, and the whole picture. Mm -hmm. And these are typically the people who eventually can become really good project managers themselves. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I think it's yeah. important to nurture these people and, yeah. and to bring them up so that by the time that you want to have yeah. perhaps a parallel project or to leave, that you have a proper successor. Well, this is exactly what we just talking about, the ants and the study, you know, that's important for a leader ant to be experienced. And I think this is something you can take for your own life. If you want to 
manage something, it's important that you have the skills for it. And it means like you have to become a master of your, <laughs> you know, of your, uh, of your traits. And just with me and the book, you know, this is the second book that I'm writing, but in between the first and the second book, I was informing myself a lot. I was visiting classes. I was mm -hmm. uh, studying a lot, like book structures or reading a lot of other books that I like to see and analyze them. How did they do it? I felt like being the leader and, you know, having my my following ants <laughs> called the, the the readers. How can I best take them from point A to, to point B and not losing them on the way? That's how I see it. And I think it's a nice analogy. Yeah. Yeah. But I have to, you know, I have to become good at what, I, what I'm doing. So people follow me in that regard. And they follow me when they realize, oh, she's she knows what she's talking about. And also she knows how to structure a book. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And that only works to experience doing it over and over again and learning, really learning your skills. And I think this is something important to to know. And you learn your skills not by forcing yourself like, ah, oh, you know, now I have to do this. This is something that you want to do because you enjoy your work. And this is what mm -hmm. you said, you know, you do it because you're interested in. And just, just as a side effect, you become better and better and better at it, becoming a specialist. And mm -hmm. there you go. I just had a funny comment in the in the Rockfin chat. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy said, uh, good conversation, y'all. More biomimicry and less bio-wrestling. I, I, I like that. Uh, biomimicry means that yeah, we should be mimicking life ah, yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of yeah, instead no, of fighting it. Yeah, absolutely. It and wrestling with it, right? Yeah, it's it's nice. It's and true. and and it's it's. I think that's really one of the big parts of this whole talk that we're yeah. having is to look at how well and successful nature and reality mm. has been here as long as nature and reality has. Well, as I said right? over and over again, each time it's like really for me the cause of the problem is that one point people humanity forgot that they're part of nature and they're not above nature you know it's not like a human-centric way to look at it but it's like an ecocentric mm. way we are just part one part of the whole thing and there are so many other parts of it as well and understanding this and and feeling ourselves back into it realizing that we are part of it and we just you know go back to our own nature realizing that we are animals as well that we share a lot of traits with other beings even with the tiniest ones you know the cells the way they are mm -hmm. structured the same we, we use the same atoms we're made of the same shit we're made of the same stuff and yeah. this is already you know like be, we are family in that regard and from there we can just learn from every other beings because they have that mm -hmm. intelligence within themselves yeah. not not only be humans yeah. and we well, are not better than them and that idea earlier that we had mentioned about um fearing death and that you know yeah. a, a lot of scientists believe that the concept of fearing death is responsible by the middle brain and the prefrontal cortex and the what did you call it the reptilian brain no 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 the other part of the middle brain what's it called the limbic system the limbic system well um, the, the the fear is a very you know very like profound instinct as well you know the well, fight or flight it, it is but we as 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 um, mammals with you know prefrontal cortex and the ability to really have deep self-awareness yeah um we tend to be really weird and like we talked about <laughs> earlier where there, there aren't any animals that i know of in the animal kingdom that when they get sick that they go crying to their other animal friends saying help me help me help me mm. and and they're not always all humans like that you know i think no, it really they're depends not. on the <laughs> well so let's take a yeah. let's take a funny little um comparison right mm -hmm. um you could tell me how scientifically accurate it is all right <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's rolling her eyes at me already no i didn't <laughs> <laughs> um okay uh, a, a funny little example may be that 
traditionally, we as 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 people, um, as humans, mm-hmm. we would travel mm-hmm. great distances. Okay, mm-hmm. but in the natural world, you know, before jet fuel and before um, fast boats and and all this technology that we have that is now responsible for us being able to do these things very efficiently, right? Mm-hmm. Um, before all of that, it took us a long time to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And just like every other animal on this planet, we become our environment and our environment becomes a part of us. Mm-hmm. There's an exchange between our environment yeah. and ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Right? And this exchange is what eventually creates our ability to connect to it on a very deep and meaningful level. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, this exchange of... Uh, the environment is 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 for us to be able to survive better in it. You know, mm-hmm. like we 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 in the north, the cold won't bother us if you're if you're constantly exposed to good cold weather. You know, mm-hmm. I go I still go swimming in the lake every couple of days, yeah, yeah. and 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 here we are sitting in a room that's 15 degrees Celsius, that's and it why doesn't I always bother have me. My blanket. That's why she always has her blanket, but uh, <laughs> it's because I go cold swimming and she doesn't. No, nope. the point no, is, I'm female. That's the reason. Oh, is that so? Yep. I see all those grandmothers coming in the water with me. And they're like 75, and they don't give a you know. Oh, okay. they're, 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 Maybe they're good when I'm 70, we can talk about this again. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that being said, there it, it's 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 a known thing in in uh, in our society in our in our species that if we grow up somewhere and we migrate somewhere else. We get sick. Yeah, that uh, a a portion, a number of us will die, and death is a part of that natural process of migrating, mm-hmm. of moving. Right. Every animal, just like you know, you say with the with the hive, a good project leader will not leave any ants behind. They'll all make it to the new home. Right. And it's it's that I, that same thing with us. That in the natural world, we're not like the 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 frog that has, you know hundreds of eggs mm-hmm. right or thousands or however many eggs they can actually have um because only a couple will survive we're not like the tortoise that leaves that lays all their eggs on the beachfront mm-hmm. and only a couple make it to the water right um we're a bit different in that so we have fewer offspring but we still have uh, uh enough to survive because traditionally in the natural world before penicillin before modern drugs and technology one out of four in the northern world was was dead by five and that was a way of life. And just like you mentioned how uh, the the adaption to uh, that environment, you know, with the with the frogs having a lot of eggs, right? And um, we know this with other species, mm-hmm. that as their environment changes, so does the way that they uh, create offspring. Yeah, right. And with us, how what what does that really mean for us? Because we traditionally know that our our numbers, are kept in balance by the way that we get sick and die, by mm-hmm. the way that our young mm-hmm. don't make it all, all you know, to, yeah. to adolescence. And this was a part of life. Yeah, and yeah. it's unfortunate that uh, we have now feared death so much to the point where we no longer talk about it, to the point where yeah. uh, we can't cremate our people outside in the Western world anymore. Yeah, it's you know? really weird. How or bury them of- out. Yeah. yeah, how 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 death is really you know kind of put under the table. No one wants to talk about it, and all are afraid of it. Whereas it's first of all, it's part of life. You know, this is part mm-hmm. of the deal, <laughs> yeah. and it also helps you to really to really find the the way you want to live because you know it's not mm-hmm. you know there is an end to this. So you can better decide what's really important for me. What what would I miss in my life? I would have not done mm-hmm. this because I don't have 
my whole, you know, I don't yeah. have eternity. Yeah. And I also think is the way you see it. I mean, for me, I was afraid of death for, for a long, long time, you know, mm -hmm. and when I was a child, I couldn't imagine how that could be. I'm not able to go out and play anymore. You know, it kind of freaked me out like crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then later on, it, it kind of through the shamanic work and all that, the concept of, you know, it's, it's just the transition from one place to another. And I did a lot of experiencing on, on that level, whereas it, it took away the fear from me. But this is something I think everyone has to experience for themselves to see how they have the relationship to death, yep. what it means for them, why they're so afraid of it. Is it because you don't know what's coming at the other end? Yep. You know, if it's because you're afraid of not living your life to the, to the fullest mm -hmm. or um, to just really ask yourself. And also, as you said, you know, with the illnesses, the way people handle this, I mean, some people feel like an illness is like a, something they have no no relation to it's just something that happens to them because you know when you get mm -hmm. older you become you become sick this is right. like a thought but i always saw it that way that there an illness is for, uh, a sign for you that something is not right that you should change something in your life and yep. it's more like a reminder than like a curse on you it's like a sign a help from your body to show you you know wait a minute there is something wrong here mm-hmm and you can even look at how you are sick. What What is it that you are sick from? You know, right. if you are having like a heart, something with a heart attack or so, so obviously something with your heart is, is there. Maybe there is an energy kind of stuck in your heart, something that broke your heart. And the way, as, as esoteric it sounds like, <laughs> for me, these concepts are reality because I apply them to my life and I really saw how things were changing once I attended my, you know, mm -hmm. my needs, once I realized why I have, you know, certain illnesses to a point where I could cure them and really change my life to the better as as mm -hmm. a sign from that. So I really encourage a lot of, you know, when people come to me, it's like, oh, I have this sickness and that sickness. I said, well, ask your body, why is it so? What is that a yeah. signal for? You know, don't, don't just reject it and then see like, oh, oh now I'm you know, I, I lose my life quality. It is, yeah, for sure. It sucks if you are sick, you know, yeah. if you can't do things the way you want to, but it's always a chance to, to, to really look at your life and put it into a context where you can improve. And then the illness will, will be gone once you looked at it, once you got the message, the memo. <laughs> <laughs> the memo, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's it. I mean, for me, and this is not the same with everyone. Um, yeah, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What you mentioned earlier, but this is the same for everyone, I think. Um, the fear of uncertainty. Yeah. Either you are petrified of it, mm. or you're not. Mm -hmm. And that fear of uncertainty, for me, it, it's that basic idea of: Are you afraid of death, or are you afraid of not living? I'm afraid of not living, mm -hmm. and so therefore, for me, it's more important to live my life and to die well, mm -hmm. right? Um, I think that for me personally, one of the worst things would be to die in my sleep. I'm not interested in that. I, I want to experience death. It's not yeah. the same for other people. I know a lot of people like you, I don't think you're too keen on that, right? Well, as I said, you know, maybe a year ago I would have said, you know, I don't want to experience it that way, but now mm -hmm. I really don't care. I know it will happen the best way it, it needs to, you know, for me in that uh, situation. But last year at that around that time, I did a shamanic workshop on on dying and mm -hmm. we did a, a shamanic journey to the point of death, our own point of death and right. really experiencing how that would actually feel like. It was a very, very interesting experience and it was a, a very nice experience, to be honest. It felt amazing. 
And I think, well, the, the way the concept is from that shamanic point of view, the more you are upset with your life here, you know, on earth, mm -hmm. the harder it will be for you to experience that whole death thing because you are so afraid and you're in that energy of yeah i don't want this i don't want this i don't know what will happen mm. whether you or or just you know accepting it and letting go because already when you were alive you kind of thought about the concept and and thought about what would that mean to be dead you mm -hmm. know and just not not just pushing away that topic but really looking at it and make it part of your life and see yeah. how you can deal with it i always imagine you know a little little man sitting on my shoulder <laughs> telling me each day, Madeline, this could be the last day, you know? And then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's interesting. You're right, it could be my last day, how I want to live my life. And it mm -hmm. always helped me to see things in a better perspective where I realized this could be my last day. So is it really important to worry about this stuff or to do that that stuff? If that could be yeah. my last day, how would I live it? And yep. I really, I really like that approach because it helped me to focus on the essentials, the the things that are really important to me. Right. Well, it, so now as a biologist for yep. you, um, a world class biologist, a world class biologist, not to forget. <laughs> uh, well, was that ever a part of the curriculum? Like the the the, the I mean the 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 value of life and the concept of death at all. Oof, let me think. Like it's, 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 I know it's a bit tough because I know no. when you start looking into philosophy, uh, that becomes a, a big topic. When yeah, you start yeah, looking at um, theology, it's also a big part. But it's funny to me that in the practical sciences such as biology and chemistry, mm. it's almost completely removed. Well, what we were talking about was the process of aging. What happens if you age? You know, mm. how that uh, works. Yeah, but the but fear not, of life and the fear of not no, living. No, that was not a topic at all. Even for the animals that, uh, that uh, unfortunately, were all tortured by the scientists trying to learn no. how, they, how they tick. Not as far as I remember. It's a shame. It's true. It is a bit of a yeah. shame. There are yeah. a couple of comments up there. You've seen them? Or... Mm -hmm. <laughs> what worries me is if I reach my finish line are those uh, I will leave behind. You know, that's mm. a, that's another thing too, is that we do definitely um, possess the ability to have sorrow. Yeah. Right? I, I, it's funny. Um, I had the guinea pig once. And, and it sounds funny. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was actually, it was my friend's guinea pig. Okay. Um, but uh, I was living with her for a while and, uh, you know, uh, I got to see this really firsthand that the guinea pig had uh, little guinea piglets, mm. <laughs> if you can call them that. <laughs> uh, and then the father ate them. Oh. Because the per, you know you should have removed him. The right? person who was taking care of the yeah. guinea pigs did a very bad job of uh, you know checking to see if uh, when when she's fertile and when she's pregnant, mm. and uh, so that happened. Mm. And um, unfortunately, yeah, the, all all the younglings died. Now what happened after? And it was it was just really amazing to see that like the the guinea pig uh, mother, she got so depressed. Mm. That she herself died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very common amongst mammals, even within birds. There's a there's a study from Konrad Lorenz, who was a very, very famous behavioral biologist, mm. and he observed in goose, gray goose, yeah. that the there was a female and a male partner. They have very strong partnerships, right? Yeah. So the the partner died, and I think it was her. She she showed all signs of grief that you would also see in humans, and you know, just literally having her head hanging down. That this yeah. is um, something that experience animals on a very deep level as well. Yeah. And th th this Grief. goes back to the limbic system that you were talking yeah. about, yeah, because yeah. I don't think I don't do, do guinea pigs and do geese have limbic systems. Well, guinea pigs for sure because they're mammals. Yeah, 
and the geese as they're you know birds mm -hmm. they're having not these structures as you would see but them yeah, in you mammals. still see this but you still see this behavior as right? i said yeah. you know um this is something you can't just really put into boxes you know this is how they feel this is how they feel as I said always, there is so much more that we don't know about in, mm -hmm. in animals. And I believe that even plants, you know, although they don't have a nervous system, they also mm -hmm. experience life in their specific way. Mm -hmm. That's why, with you know, you know, I used to be a vegetarian for 10 years, but then also realized, wait a minute, what about plants? You know, now I see, I don't see a difference between plants and animals mm -hmm. in the way they they feel just because they don't have a nervous system. Because I just, I don't know, for me, it, it, it's mm -hmm. it's the same life energy behind that. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that uh, D-Queen um, says that she would like to pass while she's sleeping. Um, oh, okay. And it's yeah. interesting because, uh, you know, it, 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 those are two basic school of thoughts. Do you want to die a lot, uh, uh, conscious or unconscious? Mm -hmm. um, I, I think there's kind of like a weird way of looking at it in the sense that often when you die conscious, you typically go unconscious first and then you pass like i don't mm -hmm. i don't know if conscious death is really conscious other than mm -hmm. the pain and mm -hmm. then unconsciousness and then death i well, don't know if it would be a pain right i i i witnessed it once i had the uh, precious you know precious i was in a precious situation really being with my grandma when mm -hmm. she died so she was on her on her deathbed her body was gone you know mm -hmm. i couldn't talk to her anymore but i felt that presence and when she stopped breathing, I felt like this presence was just leaving her body. I, the, the weird it sounds, but it was really how I experienced it. And back then I didn't know a lot about spirits and you know shamanic work and all that. But I felt something was leaving her. And it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a very, very, um, f like how you say that, f silent and uh, peaceful mm -hmm. situation. So where there was no trauma or no drama around this so right but she herself didn't she was not conscious right yeah yeah i, I witnessed my um ex-girlfriend's grandmother die uh in front of me pretty much and it was like old age and yeah. and so very similar um as she was uh fading yeah she she was blinking less and less and yeah. breathing slower and slower until eventually it just both it just stopped stops. yeah yeah it was very interesting yeah it, i just also wanted to say yeah. to uh, Queen B. Uh, so D Queen B, is, her name is Jackie. So be, feel free to call Hello, her Jackie. Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, D Queen, not Queen B. Queen. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a nice little slip there. <laughs> Jackie. So thank you very much for also sharing that. Um, I, I wanted to say, as you said, you know, you would worry to leave people behind when you leave. This is also something that I learned from, from my shamanic experiences that you know, kind of lost souls that are dead. have to explain shamanic experience a little bit Oh, afterwards. yeah, okay. But no, continue your thought. Don't let me interrupt you. Uh, yeah, well, basically, from the shamanic point of view, as I said, they're spirits, you know, that it doesn't need to be embodied like we are here living, but they're also spirits that have no body, just mm -hmm. the, the energy around. So, so if you could call them ghosts or something mm -hmm. like that. And there's that idea that those people who died a very quick death, they didn't even realize that they are dead, you know, they, their souls are kind of still around us. They're still <laughs> wandering, thinking about, oh my God, I have to take care of my, you know, of my people here. I, right. I have I have still shit to do. I can't leave. So, and this is also part of that shamanic work that you do as a shamanic practitioner. 
helping these spirits to to go to the place where they feel you know to tell them you know wait a minute you are not here anymore actually <laughs> there's nothing for you to do anymore to tell them and th these things are pretty common where people think you know i can't leave because there's something i have to do here i have to take mm -hmm. care of my children or something like that yeah yeah it, it's it's uh here Yeah, lingering around exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's uh, yeah. it's it's a difficult thing because obviously we as people and I've, we we've said this in a couple of, uh, video casts previously that we are not just system engineers, mm -hmm. right? As, as ecosystem engineers, as you uh, say, is a, is a, a class of um, how would you call it? Like a class of animal, I guess, just animals that design the ecosystem as a predominant role in the ecosystem, such as rabbits and humans. Yeah, as I said, that, you know, that word is kind of like fading in and out. Yeah, it's, it's loose. Really, and it's also not only animals, can also be plants, right? So yeah. Well, I, I've come up with this idea, and we've spoken about this uh, quite a few times, that I, I'm more of the opinion that we as humans um, are, are manifestation um, engineers as well. That we can actually yeah. manifest things Absolutely. into reality yeah. on a level yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that's that's very very deeply connected to um, the, the 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 real world, right? Yeah, and yeah. I think a lot of us, unfortunately, actually manifest things into reality unconsciously. Absolutely, and I think yeah. this is a big reason why there's such a you know when you talk about. Um, dark entities actually trying to create yeah. and bring something into existence for, for themselves for whatever reason, um, they, they they tend to want to suppress the people around them in order to um, make these people mm. help them manifest something in their interest while yeah. those people are unconscious yeah, of yeah, the yeah. ability to even do it. It's really like waking up you know, to your full potential, realizing that you are more than your body that you're more than chemistry more than chemistry yeah but you have the ability through your thoughts to create your reality and what mm -hmm. you experience is your reality that is within you if you're always completely you know if you always experience situation where things are complicated where people leave you where there is not mm -hmm. enough money and all that this is just a reflection of what's going on within you or if you have the belief system or if, if that happened to you when you were a child you know people were leaving you mm -hmm. then you have that thought oh wait wait a minute i'm not worth and worthy enough you know they leave me And if you're not looking at these things, if you don't feel your way through it, you will constantly attract this because this is how you what you send out and will come to yep. you. And it comes to you in order to show you that this is how, how you feel about yourself. And if you don't like it, then look inwards and then yep. change it. And then in, in your environment will change. Yeah. Um, so we have a couple more from Jackie. Okay. Um, thank you, Jackie. You're actually the first person from DLife to chime in, just oh, yeah. to let you know. I was actually wondering about DLife because we get a lot from uh, from Twitch and yeah. from um, Rockfin and uh, Rumble, actually. haven't. I know a lot of people are watching on Rumble. I haven't seen yeah. anybody really ask any questions there, but yeah. uh, in, our, in our Telegram chat's pretty good, too. So thank you, Jackie. <laughs> uh, it's just nice to know. And um, so she says mm. that, uh, yep, I'm worried to leave my daughter and grandson behind. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't seen them for 11 years. And see, mm. this is this is one of these things where, and, and then a follow-up question mm -hmm. is, uh, how do we feel about uh, premonition? Now, I got I have a really good story about premonition. And, What is premonition? And, um, Vorsicht, like, uh, not Vorsicht, um, I mean... Um, uh, Wiedergeburt? What? No, 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 to to see see into the future. Kind ah, of. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and and so the idea is um, 
let's let's look at the first uh, uh, yeah. thing that's um, statement that uh, Jackie had just said. There, there's this idea of obviously um, I, I remember hearing this back home. Um, I think I originally heard this from a, an Indian person, and uh, it, it's that idea of waking up ready to die. Yeah, and it sounds like a negative thing, and the mm-hmm. idea of being able to wake up and ready to die is more about under uh, about. F- looking at your 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 life mm. and 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 asking yourself do i have mm-hmm. open ends things. do i have yeah. loose ends do i have yeah, yeah, do yeah. i still have things I, that i need to do and if if one of these things that you still need to do is to to rekindle a connection to your mm-hmm. daughter mm-hmm. right uh, then then it's uh, then it's obviously an important thing right Absolutely, but yeah. it might be very difficult and there might be various reasons why it may not happen and these yeah. these types of sorrows and 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 traumas that we carry with us for you know uh, until our death it's definitely not an easy thing mm-hmm. for the transition into death and that's a big part of your shamanic practices as well yeah it was go ahead mm-hmm. well, and 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 so um the idea of being ready to die is also about accepting that reality happens that mm-hmm. that you know even though there are all these things that we def- that some of us really have open mm-hmm. you know um <clears throat> It's it's more of a life philosophy to try and make it so that these things don't happen, so that you can um, live a life ready to know that at any moment um, yeah. you 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 might just keel over and and that you're at <laughs> peace. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a heavy topic, but at this and and it's not an it, easy. It one. It doesn't need to be right. So I think we well, just, it it does because you know, you know there I I know people where horrible things happen to them and it's very mm-hmm. difficult to let go. Mm-hmm. And until these things have been let go of properly, they're not really ready to die. That was actually also part of that whole shamanic workshop I did last year about the dying. You know, it's like we had one question where we had to to figure out if there's something that we have to do. You know, assuming we would die today, mm-hmm. is there something that we need to do in order to 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 be yeah. to be in a peaceful uh, death? And so, yeah, I really thought about this. You know, just just telling people that you are really taking care of that you love them. These little things that will help you each day to remember, you know, this could be my last day. What would be, what would I regret if I would have not said this today or would have not done this today? And from there you can live each day and you will never have that situation where you have these loose ends because you always every day kind of, Mm. you know, figured out to the end so yeah well in, in an ideal world absolutely. in an ideal world right? yeah and, but yeah. I, like i said i just <laughs> i um i i'd like to think that in my life i practiced that uh, philosophy and yeah. uh, that i'm okay like i'm 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 ready to die yeah um but i do know a lot of other people who have had um some severe heavy traumas um and it, and it's just going to take longer for them to get through it until they've gotten through that they're not ready to die yeah but this is I also think that part of of our life that we have to experience, you know, I believe that we we are not here by accident, that we, you know, choose the way that we uh, mm. are born into our families, where we live, at which time we live. That this is not random, but yeah. there is a yeah. idea behind that. I, I I like that idea. I mean, I can't I can't put it as a as as something that I would say is a hundred percent. you say um, how you want to prove these things. You well, know? it's not it's about just... proving it. I mean, if, if, if I know a lot of people yeah. really feel these things. Yeah, I, I, I feel I, that, it that's for not myself. something specifically that I felt. Yeah. Um, but uh, when you know, going back to Jackie's comment about premonition, um, the last 
podcast video cast mm. episode that we had released oh, and yeah. the one before that that we called the coca-cola constellation and uh then uh, russian uh, bill mm. um space billboards it was it was a story of how i um dreamt when i was 12 years old mm. about um seeing the stars fade away in the sky because of light pollution and all of a sudden we had yep. satellites above head that were forming constellations for us in yeah, order yeah. to advertise to us now the second part of her premonition is um do you believe in premonition like a sign before you go and um if, if i'm correct jackie that those two uh, are connected mm. um those two comments and it's interesting because this is something that I wasn't sure if I wanted to really talk about. Mm. Uh, but in my dream when I was an early teen what, about about seeing the Coca-Cola constellation and now knowing that we, there are Russian companies out there um, and uh, now we have uh, SpaceX joining with um, GEC, I believe it is, from Canada to actually try and make this into a reality. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it, it, it's, it's freaky for me to see that now the first thing that they're putting on their websites as their form of advertisement is Coca-Cola in mm, space, yeah, yeah. right? So for me, like, yeah, I've had, and this is not, this is, the, I have, I've, I've actually had quite a few experiences in my life where I've yep. had little things like this happen to me. Uh, but the, the, the second part of that dream, and it's a bit hard for me, like, I mean, this is a dream from like 30 years ago, mm. right? Um, almost uh, i'm 38 now i'm gonna say that <laughs> yeah yeah so 15 years ago and um the i, I i've had this other reoccurring dream <laughs> where i'm uh and i used to do a lot of stargazing when i was younger so i don't know if it's just like my experience um that kind of like puts this into my mind but i'm looking up at the sky and all of a sudden the the sky cracks open mm. and it's kind of like that that um, Star Wars um, thing when they go uh, into like uh, faster than light travel or whatever they call it, mm. you know, Star Trek warp drive or whatever they call oh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Hyperspace. And how <laughs> hyperspace or whatever, like when the stars open up. And so the, the sky cracks open and the stars open up and I get this tunnel vision looking into the sky. But then all of a sudden I'm jumping mm. from um, star system to star system easily easily mm. and and it's it's in my mind like you know when i wake up the way i kind of translate that is that um i've died and now i'm free mm. now i can go anywhere i want mm. and, yeah yeah and and whether the, the the dream is to me presented as a source of trauma or an ability to want to experience the universe further than than i would normally be able to when mm. i'm uh you know alive or perhaps maybe it's actually me um projecting in my sleep actually uh wandering the universe you know there's there are yeah, so many ways of looking at it explanations for that i also want to give a little comment on that pre how's that pre-cook premonition premonition mm -hmm. <laughs> i had a couple of situations in my life where i you know had a dream or also i saw something and then later on this happened like you know when i met for you for the first time i felt like whoa, whoa something mm -hmm. really important is happening here oh, although yeah. i was not looking for you know like a partner or anything at that moment but i just felt like it was just as the universe stood still still for a moment and i had a glimpse in what was coming yeah but i was not really seeing a lot but i felt like oh this is important here <laughs> right and also I got, that was actually before we, we got our cats. I had that one dream where I felt like we will have a very white fluffy cat. And <laughs> he, he just came. I never told you about this. But just seeing that that situation, you know, being with, with someone and having 
this huge cat, <laughs> I don't know, was something that later on is like, well, wait a minute, you know, this this is what I dreamt about. But also I would say everything that you, or even if you go to someone, you know, and you want to have like a, um, was that they, they, they have the hand reading or, you know, mm -hmm. they're laying out the cards for psychic. you to, yeah, the psychic to see into the future. First of all, I, I, you know, I, I'm also having cards and that stuff, but I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't tell people about their future because first of all, this is something that you would think, okay, then this will happen. It's not like that. You are the master of your own life and whatever you think, whatever you manifest will happen. Mm -hmm. So at each point you can change what you would think will happen to you and you can change it into a way where you feel like, well, I don't want to be it like that. I would rather have it this way. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe in, even if someone tells you, you know, I've seen this and that will happen. Well, that is just one, it's just one opportunity. It's just one, one possibility. version, possibility of the universe. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that this has to be like that. You can decide at each moment mm -hmm. how you want to have it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Jackie, if you're still watching, uh, do, have you had a premonition uh, that you'd like to share? Um, <laughs> if you want and to. Yes. If you want to, yeah. Uh, and... Um, we got a little bit off topic, but actually, I like, no, but I like from the leadership. way. But yeah, yeah, no, it's, good. it's a good I topic. Mean, I like the absolutely. way that we actually went into this with this show today. Obviously, the show animalistic uh, leadership is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, animalistic leadership. Uh, today was the main topic, and the way that we actually wanted to tackle that yeah, yeah. as a topic um, was really to compare how nature has the ability to. Um, not nature, but animals in nature specifically mm -hmm, have mm -hmm. the ability to complete complex tasks with more than just one, two, three, like, you know, many steps in the way yeah. to, 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 and, and to teach, uh, each other how to do it. Like it's, it's actually, it's, it's unbelievable when you really see how you can take an animal away from its family and it's never learned anything, mm. but it knows. Yeah, right? instinct, how to do certain genes, things. All that, yeah. It's it's absolutely fa fantastic to see how that happens. And like I said before, is that I I, I don't think like I mean from my uh, ob objective experience, I don't think that that's a part of the human brain. I think the mm. human brain is uh, something that helps internal communication, but yeah, I don't think just... that it actually has anything to do with knowledge stored, mm. Mm. right? And, but that's just my feeling, right? It's not. It's just something yep. I feel. I don't know if it really, you know. Um, but nevertheless, like it, it, I, I've heard a couple of people say that um, our knowledge and everything about us is actually around us mm -hmm. in, 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 in more of an energetic form. And the, the brain and the, the central nervous system is, is just a conduit to our physical yeah, body, yeah, yeah. right? Um, so the other thing that we wanted to actually uh, focus on today as well, because I want to kind of try and wrap things up for the yeah. hour today, is... Um, <laughs> it's getting late. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's it's not that... It's, it's It looks like it's getting late because it's dark outside. It's dark outside. But uh, realistically, we're... Uh, it's it's not that late. <laughs> no, maybe because I'm I'm getting hungry, that's why. <laughs> oh, she's getting hungry and grumpy. <laughs> not right. grumpy, not grumpy. I was okay. thinking about making pizza today, so... <laughs> that's always a sign, like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so I want to actually even, uh, you know, put emphasis onto um, being able to um, have complex tasks as humans, but to relate them to the the, the, the examples in nature. Yeah. By completing, I think for me, it's, 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 it, sounds, it sounds strange. It's, to me, it's kind of almost a bit of a spiritual thing. Like when I, when I complete like a, a skyscraper, mm -hmm. programming all the lights and the blinds mm -hmm. and the heating and all that stuff, and everything works. 
and it's stable. Yeah. It to me, there's a bit of a spiritual thing. It's kind of same, same thing as a musician, you know, like I've, I've played like personally over 200 shows on stage mm -hmm. uh, to be able to take all these moving pieces and make it work. You know, yeah, when you go yeah. on stage and you have the video, you have the backing tracks, you have five musicians, you have the, the sound engineers and you have yeah. all this stuff happening at the same time. It's the same thing as when you're in a building and you're getting everything synced up in the end when it's done in accordance to the law of something that would fly in nature, then it will fly to its full potential. Yeah. And, there, and there's something to me that allows me to connect more to reality when I, when I've successfully done something like a big jigsaw puzzle and I put it together mm. and it's ready, you know, you can mm. look at it. Right? And this is exactly, I think, you know, how you explore a universe, you figure out what you are good at, what really makes you feel happy, what you can do well. Like I could never do the things that you do with the programming. I'm just not, you know, first of all, I'm not interested in it. I don't think I have the mental capacities for that <laughs> either, but I have, you know, I like writing the books and I yeah. feel like this is something that I like to do. There's a different way of logic behind this. Yep. And I think this is part of, you know, life, figuring out what you like, what you're good at, and then develop these skills until you're a master of mm -hmm. your traits, and then be service for the the greater good of of that of this. And then you'll ha you you are happy. People around you are happy, and that's the way it should be. No, yeah. no. Yeah. So uh, tech support on Rockfin says bird brains may have more capacity than most think, and and that's yeah, the whole yeah, yeah, idea. Um, it, there's actually uh, on Madeline. So we have a a, a German podcast. And uh, then I want to get to uh, Jackie's comment in a second. Um, <laughs> busy tonight. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I, I, yeah, I, I like this it. Is, we're sitting here in our living room, and it's nice talking to all of you guys. Yeah, so absolutely. Welcome. And uh, <laughs> nice to hear from you all. Um, Madeline has a German podcast called Die Sendung mit der Ziege, which translates loosely to the show with the goat. Mm -hmm. Her last name is Ziege, which is goat directly translated yep. in German. And um, her very first episode uh, about was about cranes. It was not my first episode, but the first, first interview. interview. Yes, yeah. the first interview was about cranes, and it was yeah. it was really it was called the Call of the Cranes or something like that. It was the book yeah. that yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the dude had written, and this guy was really cool. He was a uh, he studied chemist. chemistry. Yeah. Um, I don't think he pursued chemistry. Well, he it, had his own company. That's why he you know made a lot of money to ah, back just day, have right. that research done. Yeah. yeah, and so what he wanted to do as a hobby was actually more biology. He, he yeah. sat out in the field and just observed cranes. Yeah. And he said something that was really cool. Um, he said that the cranes, when they migrate from place to place, not only like, you know, they have their flying V and they're doing mm -hmm. their thing. Not only do they know how to go from point A to point B, hundreds of kilometers away, yeah, yeah. but this is the kicker. There are other crane colonies on the way that they, so if there are two cranes in their pack, or in their group, or whatever they call themselves in, in it's, martyrs. Like a, a bird swarm? <laughs> yeah, <or? laughs> regardless. Uh, the, the group of cranes, if there are two of them that need to go to Dresden, and the, <laughs> and the main birds are going from Munich to Berlin, the entire swarm, or herd, or whatever, or pack, mm. or group, will diverge collectively to Dresden, so that two can hop off, and then a couple others might hop on and go to, and, the, and then the new ones that come on might want to go to Leipzig. Yeah. So the whole group will now go to Leipzig and drop those off, and then the rest goes to Berlin. Oh, wow. Yeah, and and this is one of these things where this is not like, first off, the fact that they're communicating that much information and mm. that specifically. And he says it's not like the city's huge, just like randomly drop them off somewhere. He says these birds are landing in the same fields every year. Yeah, yeah. The same birds. Yeah, yeah. And, and so this, this carpool that's migrating from from north to south <laughs> might actually end with a different 
collective of birds. Like yeah, maybe yeah, maybe yeah. none of the original birds from the beginning of the Flying V yeah. will be there at the end. Yeah, but yeah. it's this 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 group intention of we're all moving and we're going to go where we want to go. And they communicate all of that. Birds are really amazing. It's just, right? um, was that name tech? Tech support. Tech support. <laughs> tech support said we just recently they people started more you know scientists started more comparing the the brain between the the birds and the mm -hmm. mammals and just because they first thought well the the brain of the the birds was I think they have less gray matter I'm, I'm I, mm -hmm. I don't want to say too many things about it. I'm not so sure but basically it, it looks different so they thought yeah. you know they won't have the same capacities and abilities as mammals have but just because it looks different doesn't mean that it couldn't work the same way or function in the same way they they have like more foldings so they're also mm -hmm. the the neuro the neuro cells are differently packed but they have the same amount actually where they are able of to kinetics you mean of connections no, yeah but also nerve cells right the amount yeah. of nerve cells and, and mm -hmm. the connection among them is kind of comparable to the mammals so they have these capacities wow, right? as well to to um, solve problems for navigation mm -hmm. and all these cool things and even with chickens i did one episode in my podcast about chickens you yeah, know like it's just saying in german like stupid as a chicken and i thought <laughs> no this is not true chickens are very very intelligent birds they're mm -hmm. able to count because they live in groups together you know they have social rank systems they need to to count each other to make sure how many are of them they are able to yeah have like very yeah. different communication systems they have different calls and they're they might look a little, you know, like they have not a clue, <laughs> yeah. funky, yeah. but this is also just something that we put upon them, you know, just because we think, well, they, they kind of look as, as they have mm -hmm. no clue. It's just something that we think of our own behavior, you know, as would you say, this yeah. so-called anthropomorphic Absolutely. stuff that we put something that we see from ourselves onto other mm. beings, but it's just not true. And as I said, I don't need to have all these improvements, you know, by, by experience showing how smart birds are, even small animals and, and bacteria cells, you know, single cell organisms. What they can do is such, like, it's incredible. There's such an intelligence behind that, mm. that you can't just complain, uh, can't just explain that through, you know, different ev states of evolvement. Right. Yeah. It, it's funny, you know, I work with a lot of... Uh unfortunately like my business the way that my industry uh, in building automation has changed um i used to do a lot of work with just regular joe kind of people mm. and the companies that i was working with over the last couple of years have now gone more towards um the the the, the top like couple hundred richest families of germany yeah yeah which i don't like and i understand it from their business point of view that they want that stability you know once they're in the family they're kind of like there, but um, I don't like it, and this is a big reason why I'm going back to being um, self-employed because mm -hmm. I, I I just don't like working for those types of families. Uh, some of them are very kind, and it's nice and all, but it's just I'll I'll say that a lot of people think that money solves problems, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you right now it doesn't. <laughs> I'll just I'll be the first one to say that mm -hmm. um, we externally may objectify the wealthy as a, a group of people who have all the happiness. You know, being wealthy and beautiful. Yeah, well, that's a different topic. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, and and it's one of these things where I'll tell you from my experience working with the the wealthiest people in Germany, um, 
it's not the case. Mm. You know, um, a lot of these people are basket cases. Mm. And I think that there are two types of wealthy. You know, you have the wealthy uh, who are the people born into it. So they're born into the families. Mm-hmm. They tend to be more down to earth mm-hmm. because they're born into it. And that's just what they know. And they, so therefore, they know how to handle money and all that. And well, I think they don't tend yeah. to have that chip on their shoulder as the the guy who comes from nothing who builds everything and thinks that everybody else is useless because they couldn't keep up with him mm-hmm. uh, because he decided well, yeah, to sell that, his... but that's a very individual way you know I, I would say I don't mm-hmm. know so many people who are really wealthy but I think if you're not happy without money then you won't be it with money so well, that's how I see it the reason why I say that is because as I mentioned you know like um the you, you have the the people who are filthy rich and and born into it mm-hmm. and and um and that's just their family wealth and that's mm-hmm. their that's their culture and then you have a lot uh, you have other people who um are they they become filthy rich by some often just forms of exploitation right mm-hmm. uh, and and being successful at that in a, in an ethically acceptable way in our mm-hmm. society today um and when i say rich i'm talking about like billionaires i'm not talking about people who have just a few million on their in their in their bank um and and it's 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 this whole the fundamental idea of um, being happy, finding the path of least, uh, of, of least resistance in order to uh, experience life the way that we want and so on and so forth. And, and I'll be the first one to say that, uh, that the way that we, uh, you know, you were talking about anthropomorphism, about putting mm-hmm. our human qualities onto the objective of the world that we objectify in mm-hmm. order to say whether it's good or bad or happy or stupid. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, Kind of, it's the same way in that we often tend to think this is success, this is um, happiness, and we put that onto a, a group of people. But the reality is, is that um, the ability to be happy and and entertained and content, I've seen I've seen animals that seem to be so happy to me with vi- and, and they have none of this. They don't even they don't have a concept for any of this as we believe, mm. right? And yet here they are doing amazingly complicated things. And it kind of goes to that idea of uh, what's his name? Douglas Adams, who wrote the, the Hitchhiker's Guide to mm-hmm. the Galaxy, that the most intelligent race is uh, either the mice and the dolphins, <laughs> right? <laughs> that we're not even, above, uh, we're, 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 we're among the top three, yeah. right? But they're not, not even the top two. And the reason for that is because of the way that I think that we tend to create stressful situations and believe that to be happiness, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. Right? All right. So let's, let's go back to Jackie and then maybe... Yeah, then we can slowly wind things down here. So, um, as a Filipino, we have this belief that if you see someone without uh, without a head, their soul is starting to go. And I saw my um, two of my friends without heads, and I have a a shock, uh, and I and um, and I had to like shock or wiggle them. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, well, that's that's a really interesting thing. So it's funny, you know, I I, uh, I did a lot of martial arts. Um, what does that mean without head? Like without a head, like they have no heads. Oh, so like you, oh, you see them in a dream or like in a vision? Yes. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like what? They're just running around without heads. Yeah, it means that their soul is starting to leave them, and and yeah, this is, yeah, I mean, yeah. it. Uh, so uh, with the martial arts, I uh, I I did a, I did um, mm-hmm. a bit of uh, Kali and stuff like that. So I, I learned a little bit of Filipino culture. Ah, okay. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. My the teacher, one of the teachers that I worked with um, back in the day, had studied directly under uh, Guran uh, Dan and Asanto, and um, there there are there like there. Are, I think that Kali is one of the more fascinating martial arts when you look at it um, uh, with the way that it moves and, and there's a lot of philosophy that goes into um, their, mm-hmm. their, their, their martial art, their, their study, right? And um, the idea of uh, 
a dream. And you did a dream workshop recently, mm -hmm. so you yeah, can yeah, yeah. tell us a lot about this, I think. The idea of the dream being interpreted as um, a positive or a negative or, um, or an event for change or anything like that, it's a very fascinating topic mm -hmm. to me. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. I think that, uh, to me, one of those interesting ideas of when the soul is starting to go, it to me, there are two ways of kind of looking at that. Mm. One way is... Um, that these people are disconnecting from their body. I, I, mm -hmm. I know I was raised Catholic uh, when I was younger. I, I, I've since left that behind and I'm more now in tune with, uh, I would say more of the Norse, uh, Northern um, cultures, but religious, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't hang on to a religion anymore. To me, I found that leaving religion was the most the most spiritual thing I was able to do in my life. Mm -hmm. But I love the philosophies and the concepts of Norse mythology. Mm -hmm. And, um, the idea of uh, the Trinity, you know, um, that you have the mind, body, and the soul, yeah, and that yeah. the healthy marriage and mixture between these three yeah. is uh, essential to uh, being able to have the connection to the spirit world to yourself and to mentally have the capacity to put them together, mm -hmm. right, in our in our physical mm -hmm. bodies, and um, that the theory of uh, when the body is no longer connected to the soul properly that it's it's as if the body is its own life force and it's the soul is as well that mm -hmm. we are you know we as bi we as biology mm -hmm. we are billions if not millions of, yeah, of, yeah. of different bacterium and and virus and and cell like just so many things life that that we could actually take outside of us and put on a table and say look at that that's life too mm -hmm. but it's not us mm -hmm. you know I, just mm -hmm. if I, just cuz i take a piece of my leg off and put it on a table there there's so much inside it that's alive bacteria mm -hmm. and so on and so mm -hmm. forth but that's not is, is that me and so the idea you, uh, the yeah. way that i like to look at the the trinity is um that the body really is um it's its own life and my soul as well. And mm -hmm. I think that respecting my body and respecting my soul and respecting my mind, mm -hmm. these are three different forms of respect. And mm -hmm. it's very, very, very sad to see when other people lose that respect for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Also because they don't know about... The, the way I learned it is like you have different levels. You know, you have the physical level, you have the emotional level or the emotional layer, you have a spiritual layer and what else was that? I don't know. So different different parts that you really have yeah. around you where you, you save energy and you store energy, you store your emotions, right? It's also something Eckhart Tolle talks about the... Um, the the pain body where you have all the the motions saved that yep, it happened yep. to you right and yeah, where you can just really release them piece by piece to really bring everything in a very nice um equilibrium mm -hmm. to bring it in a balance and yeah I, I can i can also see that you can see that with people who have just lost the the connection to themselves you know they run around actually without a head as you would see that, you know, it's like I, I say that all the time that uh, the people that I've been working with, some of them are really just like um, chickens that have been recently decapitated and they're running around until they bleed yeah, out. Still feel like I have to do stuff without actually knowing what. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, uh, so tech support said bird brain is like, uh, um, is a joke like daft in English. So in English, uh, ah, British like English. Ah, actually. Well, right? uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, so a spatz is uh, in, 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 uh, in English. It's a sterling. Yeah, sterling. So in German, they specifically say a sterling brain <laughs> <laughs> instead of a bird brain, right? Yeah, specifically, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, so, that, that was actually part of my episode when I came up with that, you know, like we also made an episode about sterlings where it was that topic. They're also very, very clever birds. Right? Uh, yeah, so it's just right? a it's just a stupid saying. 
Yeah, well, it, it, again, that's that whole choosing. anthropomorphic <laughs> idea yeah. of, uh, of of trying to uh, Just single it's out. Just so little. Yeah. yeah, well, I think that uh, this is why I was talking about the the, the, the rich people uh, that, that, that I've worked with. Um, they're not smarter. Mm-hmm. I, I could tell you right now. And, and, and it's intelligence and happiness. Like, there are so many different ways to measure what mm. intelligence is. And I would say to me, um, happiness and health and yeah. the ability to connect to reality, to me, is a fundamental form of intelligence. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? Maybe one thing to add for, you know, about the rich people, mm-hmm. I, I see it that way. If if you are rich within yourself, you know, you realize your potential, you realize mm-hmm. your life energy that you carry with you, you cherish life in a way and you really cherish the the wealth that is also seen in nature. Yeah. In, and then you you manifest that wealth that's within you through your abilities. You learn something, you write a book and you make mm. you know a lot of money from that. I think this is a different level of being rich because it mm. comes from within you. And then you you manifest that in yeah. the outside and you have, you, you might look rich from the outside, but it's really just because you manifested mm-hmm. what you felt within you and then you are happy just from that process yeah, yeah. and the money is just a side effect it just yeah. comes comes to you it's actually happened a couple times on a job site where um we're working on a on like a house that's like a 15 20 million euro house <laughs> and then this guy comes onto the job site and we're all sitting there and we're talking and he's like yeah 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 so we're gonna do it like this and like that and we're looking at him we're like Hell, hell are you what are you doing here <laughs> and he's like uh, he's just looking at us he looks like a bum like jogging pants and he doesn't give a fuck about anything <laughs> and the reason why he doesn't give a fuck about anything is because it's his house oh yeah so uh, sometimes I see that too where the extremely <laughs> wealthy um, they they get they get to a point where they they, they just don't they don't have any need to project themselves that way and then mm-hmm. he then he drives off the property in like a piece of shit minivan right <laughs> like it's really fascinating to see that yeah. sometimes yeah 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 right? and this is yeah this is because it's not about you know the the wealthiness to be that you're not identified with this just a side product maybe yeah. he was a you know like a programmer he really enjoyed his his, his work he no, uh, no, no, programmed that, something yeah, important yeah. and then he got a lot of money yeah, the, anyways is, it's just uh, yeah. the reason why I say this is because typically the type of people become really rich by working for money mm. they're the pick the most unhappy ones mm. this specifically like i mean i've seen it a couple times you have the rich who marry into being uh rich yeah and then you have the ones who are born into being rich and then you have the ones who worked to be rich mm. the ones who work to be rich from my experience are the most miserable people mm. and they don't know how to turn off that's that's the dangerous thing mm. is that they work so hard to get to where they got to be well, I guess that's their belief and they can't system. Turn it off. You have to work hard in order to make money. Well, so, they, and if they, you have that belief system, yeah, it's just like that. You well, have to work back, hard. <laughs> going back to Jackie's comment, yeah. um, uh, which I, I don't know if I interpreted it very well, but I mean that's 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 something that, the way that I'd like to uh, to think about it. That mm. when you start to look at somebody who is their their soul is beginning to leave. It's yeah, really yeah. to me, it's their soul is beginning to disconnect from the earthly yeah, body. Yeah. Right. This is also a very shamanic uh, idea, yeah. a shamanic concept that you know. Yeah. If you're not taking care of your soul, of your spirit, it will just it will just leave you at yeah. one point and will go. Yeah, well, actually, I, I, uh, there's a story I heard a long many years ago. I used to love listening to Coast to Coast back in the '90s when I was younger, and there's a story this lady had shared, and she was uh, a type of a psychic medium medium who um, assisted people into reconnecting to their soul, mm-hmm. and she said that there was this uh, well. It's funny because she was being interviewed on the air with the, with the parents of this kid who was supposedly extremely autistic. Mm. And um, what she said is that she saw that in healthy people, when she looks at them, mm-hmm. she sees their body 
and around them she sees the you know what we call the aura, the aura yeah. like the energy and they're and they're attached and she says that people who are disconnected from their body you can physically see yeah. the energy of the body and the energy of the spirit yeah. are not lined up mm. and then she said with this kid when she first met him it was like his his soul his soul energy was um like above his body mm -hmm. where like the feet of the soul were kind of like touching the head of the <laughs> physical energy of the body to be a little bit connected eh? to, yeah so there was a bit of a connection yeah. there but it wasn't but it was it was such a small conduit that it wasn't enough to mm -hmm. to create a full connection and she worked with that kid and supposedly the kid became a completely normal human yeah, yeah, within yeah. a couple months of working with her and yeah. and he was he was like severely autistic until about the age of seven yeah yeah right i i had kind of similar experiences through my you know shamanic education and, mm -hmm. and work where you can see really sometimes the, the person you're the client you're working for that you see the different levels you see the body and then you see you know just beside that mm. the, the 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 spirit of it or or also like you can see like energies around that doesn't belong to that person but are attached and there are fill up spaces that they shouldn't be right so it's really cool actually to to experience that kind of stuff Absolutely. <laughs> and you know it's like also for me now i can just sit here and easily talk about it without thinking you know about what will people think about me mm -hmm. <laughs> whereas it took me a little bit to come to that point especially specifically being a scientist you know and then having these these educations with the shamanic foundation and really openly talk about spirits and all that because at that point i thought you know i can't i can't talk about this because people won't take me serious anymore as a scientist but since don't i'm out of the, those people that's like, right don't talk to those deep people and still in my podcast the you know descending with the Ziegel, the german one I feel like this is not the right place for me to talk about these things in the detail that I'm talking about this here because I feel more 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 safe, I would say. And also I know about the whole Rockfin community that this is actually where people really looking for this kind of content and where, you know, mm. I can I can easily talk about this. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, yeah, I want to wrap up the uh, yeah. the, the, the the rich people thing a second because uh, we kind of got a little distracted, and then mm. we'll try to wrap wrap that, wrap up the show yep, before yep. we hit the third my, hour. My is like um, kind of... Exactly. <laughs> and and I want to say that uh, the people that I know who became really wealthy by working really hard for it, a lot of these people ended up. Uh, becoming, I think, really miserable or not easygoing and not able to be happy, mm. internally happy people. Um, and I think this happened because in order to achieve their success, they had to disconnect mm -hmm. from their reality, uh, from reality and from their, and, and and not look at their body and their spirit, because I think that had they been doing that the way through, the whole way through, they probably wouldn't have been able to achieve that type of mm. um, financial success. But mm -hmm. once that disconnect has been generated the ability to reconnect it after all of that numbness that was purposely created in order to create that illusion that that success yeah yeah extremely difficult yeah. and and that's just like i said that's from my personal experience that i've seen from a lot of uh people who um gather their money through um you know and and, and are born into non-rich families it's uh it's, it's it's a hard thing and i say this because to me uh, being able to be exposed to that at a younger age it, it helped me connect to reality furthermore mm -hmm. by myself because mm -hmm. I started to see very quickly that um, the people who are are very, very easily, um, I'd say, pers persuaded into believing these, these uh, luxuries that only money can buy 
buy happiness. Yeah. Um, it's it's. I, I think it's I think it's I, I I look at a lot of these people and I just think, you know, sad. You know, mm. maybe like I I I like I like having luxuries just like the next guy, but these aren't the things that define my happiness and yeah. my connection yeah, yeah. to reality. Right. That's true. And 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 at the same time, there's no uh, sorrow for not having them. Like to be able to sorrow have sorrow for physical things that you lost yeah. in the same sense as to physical yeah. people that you lost is, is I think a very strong disconnect. Yeah, absolutely. It's just really, you know, something that is on top of if you, you, if you just live out that, that you feel constantly something is missing in your life, you are living your life in a, not mm -hmm. in, in that fullness, you know, not in that uh, richness, but more in that. Yeah. You could say mangel. What's that? Um, uh, amount um, yeah well, just having of, not yeah. just having not enough and then you will always feel like mm -hmm. i don't have enough uh, yeah. no matter how much you have and it's that just that yeah. that feeling that you are not able to connect your real wealth within yourself right yeah so what i feel like i'm i'm kind of i can't really concentrate yeah. anymore no, this, so. this was a great episode thank you for <laughs> yeah. everybody out there who had taken part thank you into very the much. conversation and thank yeah. you for all of you guys out there who uh just want to watch it's okay you know <laughs> you don't okay. have to take part in the episode <laughs> you don't feel pressured uh, but no, at the same not. time we're very uh, thankful for all of you guys out there who decided to yeah. um join us in our living room today yeah and spending our said, time with us our precious lifetime <laughs> exactly and we enjoy this very much Absolutely. so thank you guys and uh we hope to see you next time next yeah. week we'll be live wednesday at 8 p.m our time we're live every wednesday at 8 p.m our time which is central european time mm -hmm. um and uh sundays, sundays at 6 p.m such as today today we went pretty late sundays we tend to go a little later because we start earlier <laughs> so it's been a nice two, uh, two hour and 20 minutes. Wow. Yeah, look at that. So we had a it. nice fun day today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So thank you to all of you guys out there. Have yourselves a wonderful weekend. Thank you, uh, Jackie, for your you. uh, for chiming in from DLive, the first one to come in from DLive. It was Very great cool. to hear your comments. And thank you to Tech Support. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> great name. Learn something. <laughs> there we go. All right, guys, have yourselves a wonderful weekend and we will see you next Wednesday. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Until then. <laughs>